Hey everyone and welcome to Comics from the Multiverse episode 186. I am Peter and joining me as always is Matt. Hey, up, up and away. And Connor's here too. Yeah. Yeah, I'm still here. This is a DC Comics podcast. Every week we get together, we talk about DC Comics. This is actually a weird week because DC decided to unload like half of the month's books in one week. And as a result, we are having two episodes pretty close together. We're having an episode today, which is a normal time, and then in two days' time we're recording again. Uh, so the books I'm about to tell you that are in this episode are only half of the books. I will tell you at the end of the show what's coming in the second half. But the books that we're going to talk about today are as follows. Doomsday Clock issue 12 so that's about 90 minutes of the show <laughs> right there right there it actually happened yes uh suicide squad issue one which is off by i would just put my button tom taylor then we have batman 85 which is actually the end of the main uh, batman run for tom king thank mercy and then we have justice league 38 which is the penultimate issue in scott snyder's justice league but there's a lot of endings kind of happening um and beginnings, uh, Batman Superman number five, uh, both Justice League and Batman Superman kind of loosely tie into the, the thing that's starting next, which is Year of the Villain, Hell Arisen issue one, mm-hmm. uh, so we're going to talk about that, uh, and then we have a couple of new Black Label books we're going to talk about on this part as well, which is Wonder Woman, Dead Earth issue one, and the Lolo Woods issue one, so that is the books we're going to talk about today. Uh, anything that's missing that you expect us to cover, because we normally do, don't worry, it's in the next episode, which you'll be getting in a couple of days' time. Uh, so it's not too much of a wait. So but, just so we, we couldn't put Doomsday Clock and Harleen on the same week yes. because we wouldn't have been able to read anything else. Exactly. Or talk about anything else. I mean, so, that, that would have been a tactic, though. Is Let's say we just did, no. like, episode one was Doomsday Clock, Harleen, and, like, Suicide right. Squad issue one, and right. then everything else was in the second one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Probably would have even out. It probably would have yeah. been, but... Uh, this was so. more even looking on the page. So. Yeah, and and we could have put Harleen first over Doomsday, but let's be real, we're living in a post Doomsday Clock world now. There was and, there was no uh, way in hell Doomsday Clock was not getting is. the priority. Yeah. Well, you could have, but yeah, we could have kept him waiting. Uh, you know, it's like you don't you don't start the show with the main event, Pete. Like I I don't mean you know? to like mock the books I'm about to mention. But yeah, there's almost a troll quality. Like, now nah, we'll do the music quality separate. We're going to talk about Metal Men first. We're going to talk about. Uh... Sorry, <laughs> Matt just said, "Oh, you don't start the show with the main event." This yeah. is like episode what 186, and uh-huh. literally every episode has started with the main event. Yes, but um, but, but yeah, but I'm I'm talking in, in a booking sense of you know combat sports, Connor. Yeah, you, you know they don't start with the fight that everyone's expecting. You know, yes. keep them waiting. Alternatively, almost every podcast I've ever listened to has always started with their main thing. Like, is podcasts don't work the same way. You hook them no, in with the thing they care about, and then they hopefully stick around for the rest of the do show. You want, do you want to be like everyone else, Pete, or do you want to stand out? <laughs> I want people to try the show. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll just say that our our Rise of Skywalker review mm. went live, and uh, my wife saw it and went, "That's the same length as the movie." There you go. Exactly. She goes, people watch. I go, they do. So, they do. They do. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, the three of us talked about Rise of Skywalker. If you if you're caring about that, if you're a Star Wars person, yeah, we already got that over system, um, and it's available and it's two and a half hour glory uh, on the YouTube channel. Or if you want, if you want to find the audio feed, if you're you know obviously listen to it. it's not on this feed because it's the comics from the multiverse feed. Uh, you can find it on the Mail Fuzz Movies uh, podcast feed. So, go on. Yep. yep. See, out. it's about the average length of a Joe Rogan podcast, which perfect for gym listening. 
So you guys putting on some uh, extra extra winter weight, you know. Hey, I, I like how you assume a large Wars. majority of our comic book audience goes to the gym. I, I would say. I, I see fit nerds all the time. Mm. It's, it's a good look. Yeah. That's it. Or they're just wearing Flash stuff to the gym. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, maybe that's very possible. Um, on the topic of episode leads, though, it is worth mentioning that we weren't sure exactly how long last week's was because there was a couple of bits to cut out and there was bonus bits that went up online. Ridiculously long right? is the answer. It was we broke the. It wasn't even just that we broke the record because see before last week, like we'd hit three hours a few times, and I think the the record was like three hours twelve minutes, and that beat the previous record by like three minutes. So you know it was always like a little incremental thing. It was never that was clearly the ceiling for typically what we'd as long as we'd go last week we almost hit four hours it was like three hours 57 minutes so um people seem to like that that's not going to be a regular thing once in a blue moon when dc hits with you know that the bombardment 13 14 books it basically if we'd done all of this in one show we would have beat it if we'd done all this in one show oh we could we could have doubled it yeah easily <laughs> coming six hours man I feel like it would I, like, I like how Matt's double of almost four hours is six hours. Yeah. <laughs> well, but we're going to cut out because I'm talking about a recording time. Sure. Like, you know. Um, because, like, I feel like even without Doomsday Clock, this week would have still probably ex- hit four hours. And then you add on Doomsday Clock. So we, we would have easily exceeded yeah. last week. But that's why it was going to be Light and Chris. It's going to be mainly Doomsday Clock and then we get out, right? I mean, yeah, but you say that as if Doomsday Clock won't be, you know. <laughs> Rise of Skywalker volume. Sorry? Huh? I think we can do Doomsday Clock in 10 minutes. Bullshit. <laughs> We've got 46 Father, pages of Doomsday Clock to go through, and I'm, we're going to do it page by page. I'm wearing, I'm wearing a Superman shirt. There's no way in hell. I think 20 seconds a page is pretty reasonable. <laughs> All right. Well, um, is there any news? Uh, no, there's actually no news. They were merciful this week. Uh, probably because <laughs> it's right before Christmas. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, no no news is, is, is good news right now. Um, but, so, you know, here's the thing with Doomsday Clock. Is obviously, we're going to talk about how it ends. We're going to talk about how the, the conflict between Superman and Manhattan wraps up. We're going to talk about how things might be brought back or the world reshaped. And then, of course, Johns drops a megaton on us at the end. We were going to be talking about possible future things for probably half an hour because he drops some that are clearly just jokes for, like, far in the future that he has no control over. But then a few things that may actually be loosely had plans. At least one or two, I would say, that are coming in the near future all, all i'm going to say right now before i'm going to, we're going to talk about this at all now until we get to it in the book all i'm going to say right now is that now kevin feige is in charge of marvel comics he and jeff johns are actually old friends that's all i'm going to say that's all i'm going to yeah. say well they both didn't they both come up in warners together yeah like, they both work for richard donner they, 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 yeah. yeah they're old buddies yeah so, so even before we start talking about the book i was reading an interview uh that, that john stayed on on newsarama um you know about the issue and they asked him about the delays, as as you would, I think, at that point. Yeah. And uh, a couple of interesting things. He said, do you know what? Yeah, there, there were some delays. We didn't really want to. I was I was busy. Um, so he kind of took all the blame. He said he was working on it as much as he could. But he said he was obviously he was working on Wonder Woman 84. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was working on the, the Stargirl show. And he said he was working on Green Lantern stuff outside of comics that we'll learn more about soon. So presumably the, the HBO Max show. Yeah. Um, oh, but man. On, on, on top of that, he, he threw editorial under the bus a tiny bit as well, mm-hmm. where um, they insisted that he start when it did. You know, it started in November. He actually right. wanted to wait until April and get a bit ahead. 
And they were like, no, 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 we're doing it in November. Yeah, I mean, that would have... I mean, ultimately, that wouldn't have really saved that much of the... Like, it would have cut out, what, five, six months total? All right. Well, Connor would have only missed three episodes of it instead of all of it. Well, no, think about it, right? So it started in November 2017, right? The first three issues were monthly, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, if they'd waited all three months, because by the time we got to April, we'd only had maybe five issues total. So if they'd waited till April, it would have maybe had, what, the next two in the bank by the time they came out later that year. I don't know if it would have actually have affected when it ended, necessarily. Um, we'd, have still, we'd, we'd have still had the every other shipping for at least the second half of the whole book, I think. We would, but we'd have probably got five or six out straight away. Yes. Um, I mean, really what they should have done is wait until November 2018. <laughs> That's when they should have started it. I mean, in an idea. How are you? Yeah. But hey, you know, um, whatever. It is what it is. And it's been a hell of a two years. It's been the main event for two years now. And contrary to maybe some other opinions on the internet, I don't think it's wavered. I feel like it's been a main event for us every time it's come out. Honestly, the only thing that has diminished its effect in any way is editorial after a certain point going, do you know what? We can't wait any longer. Yeah. So that brings me up to a, a headline that I read this week too. John's going, I'd love to write a Justice Society book. And I was like, yeah, no, duh, you're Jeff Johns. <laughs> like, duh, but I don't know if that's in the, the cards with if what we think is going on with Snyder, right? Um, yeah, although Snyder's apparently going to be doing a crisis and or metal too, so maybe he's going to be busy anyway, so... That's fine. Give, give John's... Give John's uh, hopefully all of his work uh, on the big screen, small screens, wrapped up. Let him get back to comics, because he is my favorite writer. Like, yeah, well, he's got a co-showrunner on Stargirl. That was just announced like a month ago. And uh, obviously Wonder Woman 84, even his, his, his work in that, I presume, speaking, is mostly done. Yeah, which, which explains... I didn't realize until just now he was so hands-on. Like, I thought he was just a, a producer. I mean, I, um, I knew about name. Stargirl, because obviously I knew he was showrunner. Yeah. I didn't realize yeah. he was as involved in Wonder Woman 84. Yeah, which now explains Max Lord. Mm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right, because, you know, John loves that dude. Um, as a foil, so, um, yeah. I think it's time I for Johns to come home. I I think you know it's it, nice. It that is. He's, it's nice that he's developing all these movies and TV shows. But honestly, I think I'd rather them doing a couple of ongoing books. <laughs> well, <laughs> being selfish. We've got his three Jokers to come, and we know Fabot's been drawing that because we've seen a reasonable handful. Yeah, of but again, it got pulled from solicits. Well, it never really got pulled. It hasn't been solicited. But yeah, it was yet. never solicited. Right. Uh, well, yeah, but it was expecting to be solicited, and yeah. it still hasn't. Well, to be fair, though, I think the last update on it was that it's like almost finished. Like, the art's almost finished, so presumably, at least when we get it, it will be consistent, because... Yeah, it'll just yeah. be, you know, straight out. Um, it, it's a similar story with uh, you know, uh, Batman Catwoman, that right. we were expecting it in, you know, the first quarter of next year, and it wasn't in the solicits, but it's still coming. I will say, sure. That's okay. I will say that's this. Okay, I need a break. The end of this book... Um, and I'm not going to talk about anything the ending yet. I just, at the end of this book, there's several things that feels like John's might be setting up for more of his own projects later on, which fills me with a bit of joy because I don't want him to give up on comics. I want him to stick around and yep. I want him to read more comics. I want him to just, let's be honest. It's, it's, it's interesting that you read it that way because I, I, I took it more in the way that Morrison does stuff where he's just like, here you go, your turn now. Yeah, but so, yeah, some, of it, some of it is John's like that. always but... follows up. Like, yeah, he he seated Jessica Jones at the end of that, or Jessica Jones, 
Jessica Cruz. Mm-hmm. I got my I got my writers that write too much crossed there. Um, I, he he set up Cruz at the end of his Green Lantern run, and then introduced her in uh, Justice League. Yeah, right? probably about a, and then a year later or so, maybe two. Right, and then because he was so busy on other things, he let Humphreys do you know the Green Lanterns book, and that's where we get most of our our love of Cruz from, right? Like, yeah. So yeah. he does that, but he still, when he introduces it, it's not like Morrison where he's like, oh, hey, y- y'all want to use Professor Pig? Here you go. Here's a yeah. cool new character. I don't think, because you know? like, obviously we still know Three Jokers is coming. He's talked about uh, Batman Earth 1 Volume 3 as well, which is, yeah. you know, Tim and Frank are working on next. I don't think Three Jokers is the last he was in continuity DC stuff. I, I think he's always going to have the next thing. There's always going to be the next thing that he's going to be doing. Yep. Um, he's going to fix Flash. <laughs> the flash re-rebirth yeah <laughs> rebirth the sweat. flash afterbirth wait <laughs> <laughs> the worst part is i nearly made the same joke and then thought no i'm not gonna oh, oh no i no, i'm we're in a post dc or uh, a post doomsday clock world we're in a post rise of skywalker world i'm letting it all flow now mm. <laughs> oh god this has been you holding back yeah you guys know this. I love Mr. Gold and Guy Gardner. Y'all should have seen this coming. <laughs> it's got a point. Yeah. Oh dear, oh dear, oh dear. All right. So I guess we should start talking about uh, Doomsday Clock. We should get into it. Yeah. Um, so this was a beefy issue. It was a little bit more expensive, of course. Uh, although the page count That's increase funny. was more than the price increase, if that makes sense. Real, uh, real quick. So I go to get my comics. I see a really cool Legion cover, right? Mm-hmm. And I go, oh, I'm going to get this one. I, they ring up, and it, it's a dollar more. I go, when did the price on Legion go up? And my friend who's standing behind me also picked up. He goes, no, it's the same price. Stupid me picked up a cardstock one. <laughs> and now it was already too late. And it's at the end of the day. It's an extra dollar. When you're dropping that kind of coin that I did this past week, because yep. everything that came out, mm-hmm. what's an extra dollar? Everything that came out, because obviously there was a lot that came up, but there was a lot of oversized, yeah. bigger books, yeah. this. Yeah. You know, Harleen, uh, uh-huh. Killer Smile, I think was overpriced. Uh, and you know, I, I get things like Last God, which is yeah. like, that's like $5 as well. Yeah. So, so at that, uh, but I was like, this is, it doesn't even feel like, because my, my shop bags and boards everything on, mm. on the shelf, just keep it nice. But it didn't feel any different when I'm holding them in my hands. It was just yeah. a cooler. Well, cover, this is the. Chain. This is the sad truth is, is that I think next year is the year that Marvel probably goes to four ninety nine for regular ongoing books. And DC will is resist. Well, not, I mean, no, they are for number ones. They are for certain, like, events, but their ongoing books are still three ninety nine uh, past okay. issue one. But I feel like next year is the year that that probably shifts, at least for a lot of them. Um, you know, Amazing Spider-Man by the end of the year is probably going to be four ninety nine for every issue. Uh and DC, like every time this happens, DC will hold out for the most part for a couple of years, yeah. and then they'll eventually shift to because that's just the way money well, works. But, good thing Jason Aaron's done with Thor because if I can't read uh, that until trade, I'm okay. Do you know the thing is? Don't see if you you do want to read Marvel. Like their trades come out so quick and they're so yeah. comparatively cheap versus the single issues that there's a lot of incentive to just wait uh, when it comes yep. to Marvel. Yeah, their trade system is so different to DC's. Um, huh. DC's is entirely based around the the bookstore market bookstore. of yeah. we will not flood it all at once. We'll you know incrementally mm. put these out right. uh, you know one a week maybe. Yeah. 
Marvel don't give like, an F. As soon as they're done, just chuck him out. Yeah. yeah. Uh, because, I mean, right now, like like I say, I was sort of saying before we started anyway, there's uh, all the all the comicsology end of yep. year, Christmas sales and all that are on. But, but for the record, the DC one is like line-wide. Everything before released before like September this year, trade-wise, is like $5. So go and knock yourself out. Uh, but... Uh, a lot of the Marvel trades, when they go on sale, the, the regular five and six issue ones, like they they go on sale for like three dollars a trade, and that's that's yeah. like that's less than what the single issues cost when they're coming out. DC <laughs> tends to bring all their trades down to the same amount. Now this this year they've actually experimented a little, where the bigger trades have gone up. To, you know they've, they've cost a bit more still on sale, um, except when you get to these big line wide sales like like they did a, a Black Friday or now, um, where. They just bring them all down regardless. Yeah. The only the only exceptions right now for the trades is that some of the ones where there's both regular trades and the big like sort of more omnibus sized trades, uh, the omnibus ones aren't necessarily on sale. Like I was looking at Grant Morrison's Doom Patrol, for example. All the regular trades are you know down at the five dollars each. The omnibuses are just kind of sitting there at their usual price. Yeah, so uh, that's what otherwise... they've been doing. But um, Marvel just um, they take off like a percentage of of the book so if it was a higher price book to begin with it'll still be you know significantly more than one of the smaller ones yeah but they're, they're, they're regular sized trades though now admittedly marvels is not line wide it's it's only stuff that came out this year plus there's like an epic collection sale but the stuff that came out this year the, the trades are like you know they're dirt cheap so if you want to read this year's marvel books like you can do it for a really reasonable price at least for the first yeah, two thirds of the year to go and have a look yeah uh so um, but regardless, yeah, so books are... Obviously, Doomsday Clock has been, you know, 499 for the majority of its of its run. Went up a little bit for this last issue. Um, but we'll get into it then, so... Because uh, there's a lot to go through. Well, uh, are we only just starting? Yeah, we're only just yep. starting. And uh, I'm, I'm going through it again. That's why people are watching. I have a stupid smile on my face. Yes, of course you do. Um, uh, yeah. yeah. So page one, just you know, you kind of like it's, it's Manhattan's origin again. Him sort of thinking about that is is the end is nigh. <laughs> yeah, so I still haven't finished the, the Watchmen TV show because I've been bad at this. But uh-huh. there's there, there's a lot of crossover in my brain that I thought was from Doomsday Clock, yes. but it's really from the show because it, <laughs> the show handles the material so well. So then I, I had to remember if this was a show thing or a book thing. Yeah. Uh, there's uh, definitely some so. interesting parallels once you finish yeah. both uh, between okay. the two of them. Uh, I'll, I'll probably do that Monday since I'm off. You watched um, episode eight though, right? The Manhattan one. Yes. That was so good. Yeah. With the egg. Yes. And, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. All that stuff. So, so good. So good. Uh, so yeah, there's some interesting parallels between them, but yes. Uh, so. Yeah, I mean, so it starts with just, you know, sort of him remembering his origin, essentially. And this is the moment where Superman... Because Superman was on his way at the end of the last issue, right? So Superman's yep. already there. He's facing him down. And Manhattan says, hello, Superman. And Superman says, who are you? And I'm like, oh, yeah, he doesn't even know who he is yet. No, yeah. And let's remember, this all started with a nightmare from Clark. And Clark doesn't have nightmares. Mm-hmm. You know, so now this is that coming to fruition. Why? Like, like, but this is obviously we're going to get to the point here where Superman's going to essentially inspire him and sort of try and yep. ma- make Manhattan feel hope. Is that he does all that without knowing who he is, knowing where he comes from, knowing what his backstory yep. is. He doesn't know anything about him, but he just tries to inspire him to be good regardless. It doesn't matter. Like, right? Because this is it. Uh, Manhattan offers him a binary choice. You know, uh, I'm the one you're going to destroy, or I'm the one who's going to destroy everything. So it's basically stop me, or I ruin everything. Right. And. And someone's like, nah, that's bullshit. Third option. 
Yeah. Because yeah. uh, we have, uh, you know, the Markovians and the Russian heroes all showing up. We got Geoforce yep. there. Uh, Black Adam shows up with the Kandak crew, and they're all there to sort of take yep. in Superman for. <laughs> The Kandak crew sounds like a cheap TV show from there. I feel like that's his version of the Suicide Squad. Yeah, the Kandak crew. Uh, For some reason, I don't know, when you say, when you put crew at the end of something, I I kind of imagine like the team from Fast and the Furious standing next to their cars. Uh So now I'm imagining Black Adam, and funny enough, The Rock, who's going to play Black Adam, is in Fast and the Furious. But, but you know, Black, Black Adam will never have to flex a, flex a cast off his arm, because he's got magic, so... You know that's true, but I mean, does that make him better or worse? I'm not like I'm not sure. Magic, it's mm. always better. I don't know, man. I love those fast movies because they're so dumb. Uh, oh, that'd be better with magic. <laughs> they drive cars through buildings, Connor. It is magic. What are you talking about? <laughs> the, the, the rock redirected a torpedo that was skidded on ice with his foot. Yeah, yeah. That was the thing that happened. Anyway, so... Uh, so, yeah. Yes, um, and as all this is happening, because there's a lot of Manhattan narration through this, so there's a lot of things where he's just sort of, again, he's doing that thing where it's, it's this day and this thing is happening. He mentions Superman picking up the car, you know, back to the, the origin, the first origin, right? Um, and, you know, we get some pieces around the world, you know, the Justice League are just, you know, quote-unquote missing, because as we know, they all went to Mars and effectively got right. disintegrated. Um and we're hearing about all these various crews around the world kind of coming in to do these things superman's still fighting all these villains on on his own um and then we cut to rorschach we cut to um reggie and we have obviously the the red cap does not have any writing on it but i mean it's very clear what this guy's supposed to be i'm gonna fill it in yeah uh and he starts beating up reggie assuming that he's a looter because he's looking at a tv through a window and right. uh, Alfred uh, comes to save him. And this is the weird thing. The ending of this book maybe does kind of give us a way of like explaining why things don't line up with what we've been reading in the comics mm-hmm. up until now. Now, I'm not saying it's neat or that was always intended, but there's a no. there's a door. There's a back door there. Um, I think that the, the stuff we'll, we'll get to with Earth 3 could answer it as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, that could just be the explanation <laughs> in a weird way. Which yeah. I love, and when when we get to that, I love that that writer is just I'm, going, "It's comics, bro." Yeah. I'm, I'm so want. glad it addressed it though, because I yeah. was like, "What the hell? What's going on here?" Yeah. yeah also, yeah, Earth Three was the actual just in Young Justice, and that had a different, yeah. you know, take on what was happening there as well. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah, a, lot, a lot of things going on. So Alfred kind of saves him, um, and tries yep. to give Reggie's mask back, and says, "Look, hey, you like you make this something different. You'll make this mean something." Oh. Is it no 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 no? That's that's the monster's face, the monster's name. I'm not I'm not having this. Yep. Um, and he gets really he gets really morbid and depressed and like really pessimistic. Uh, as Manhattan's also monologuing about this, and there's a big because uh, there's there's two two page spreads in this. Obviously, there's a, yep. the big one later, but here we have one that's just all the villains who are attacking Superman to the point where you don't even see Superman in the page. You you just see all no. the villains. He's he's swarmed. Yeah, and yeah. um. And I'm looking at some people. You got you got Deathstroke's ex-wife. Uh, was it Ma- Madeline? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, she she's there. A lot of people I don't recognize, um, but I'm yeah. sure they are people. Um, yeah, obviously. Giganta up there, obviously. Yeah, Giganta we recognize, yeah. obviously. Yeah. But you also have uh, uh, Keenan. He's up there. Oh yeah, you um, Superman's up top. That's kind of cool. Yeah, he's up there. You have Black Adam. You got uh, Vostok getting thrown into a building. Um, yeah. 
It's a really cool page. It looks like Terra's over there. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a shiny knight. There's a yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's just it's a great it's page cool. in front. It's chaos, you know, personified uh, in in DC. It looks like too. Um, yeah, so Re- yeah, Reggie's just got on about how the world's drowning in hate and anger. Um, yep. gets very, very pessimistic as Lois has seen in the news that you know Superman's fighting all these enemies alone because the Justice League isn't here; like, they're they're all dead essentially. Right. I mean, Batman's around. We see Batman on the next page, but mm-hmm. everyone else is essentially dead right now. Uh, and Batman shows up to Reggie and apologizes for not sort of taking his warning seriously, and it essentially tries to convince him to take the mask because that's what you know his his uh, mentor yep. the, the hospital was kind of trying to do is like, no make it your own make it your own thing. Yep. Um, and so the, this is where things really start to get interesting though is a car flies from, from the, the fight that's happening with Superman a car flies over into this alleyway where a mother and daughter are sort of hiding behind a dumpster and Superman just you know jumps in and it's very reminiscent the angle you don't get the full shot of it but the angle he catches it is very similar it's, to it, the it's yeah it's reverse, very hinted actually. yeah it's reversed yeah in the yeah. sense that um, he's holding it with his hands you know, you know backwards holding it back as opposed to throwing it forward Oh like sure, okay. I, I mean, I, I so meant, it's still a, a call out. To yeah, that. I, yeah, I, I just so meant the angle, the, the angle of the car I meant, and the way he's, yeah, is yeah. the same as the the old the old action comics cover. Um, and Superman starts pleading with Manhattan, you know, whoever you are, help these people. And Manhattan, and he's very cold. He's like, I don't help you, and it's not that he doesn't want to. He's like, I don't. Oh no, like, I've seen this I got before. very irritated with Manhattan here. <laughs> He's like, yeah, I've already seen this. I don't, I don't, yeah. so I can't. I essentially, don't help you. Yeah, but no, you can control your destiny, man. Change, yeah. change the future. Man, you know? those piles of Superman like blood dripping from his nose, and he says, yep. "I can't do this alone," and he's just pleading for help. Uh, yep. Really, and this is all ramping up because this is the thing. Like, the issue starts in Manhattan's like it's ten minutes until you know. Doomsday. Doomsday, basically, yeah. Uh, and then here it says four minutes now, less than four minutes. And I'm like, oh, damn, we're really ramping up. We're getting really close to the board in this. And he's remembering the giant squid and the, all that stuff from Watchmen. Um, Lex is with Lois and uh, he's getting his vaporizer, vibrational emitter out. That's what it was. <laughs> I'm just trying to remember right. what it was called. <laughs> um, Same thing. And yeah, and we see the comedians with uh, the Miami marionette. Uh, more right. of that Batman and Reggie scene plays out and you know like, again so Batman's making his speech as Superman and Manhattan are also conversing uh, he's like how can you stand there and not do anything and Manhattan tells him enough to understand that my world is gone my world uh, w- once had a chance at peace but after I left uh, it lost it it fell into war and it's burning now even kind of thing and worth mentioning, the end of that pulse says 12 seconds. So we're really, really, yep. <laughs> we get to the point here where it's about to happen. Whatever's going to yeah. happen mm-hmm. is, is within pages. So you, reading this, it's really ramping up and you're just sitting there going, oh my God, like what's about to go down? Um, But yeah, and Manhattan ends, ends this page by saying, you know, like, you know, I changed your life. You're, you're, the death of your parents is my fault. And I did that out of curiosity. And like, you've, it, got, you've got a choice. And again, it's back to this binary choice that he opened the book with. Will you destroy me for it, or uh, will I defend myself, <laughs> even though I shouldn't? Right, mm-hmm. and then next page it drops an eight-panel grid. It gives you three panels. It's Superman yeah. looking angry, ramping up for a punch. Manhattan closes his eyes, which looks like he's going to accept death. Essentially, yeah, I think right. that's, that's interesting in itself. In right. that, um, he's he's you know just before presented this choice, will I let you kill me because I know I should you know suffer right. for for my mm-hmm. sins or 
will I fight back regardless? Which, and he's accepted his fate here. Yeah, which which does uh, imply that he does at least feel some amount of guilt over it. Like, there's some amount yeah. of understanding. Oh, and I think the reason this is so interesting is this is the first time Manhattan has made a choice in, you know, decades. Right. Yeah. Because he's, he's, as far as he's concerned, everything he does, he's already done. So it's mm-hmm. not a choice. It's, you know, it goes back to, you know, I don't help you. I've already seen it. Um, yeah, it's well, almost, now this leads it, up to where he can't see anything. So now. Well, yeah, that's what I was going to say. It's almost yeah. like because he hasn't, he can't see it. He doesn't know what it is. It's like, right. like the only way he was ever going to be able to make a choice again was by not knowing what was going to happen. Right. Like it, yeah. it, the uncertainty had, had to be there. So the, the last panel on this page is Superman's fist coming towards the, the camera. Yeah, as it which, were. which we'd seen, you know, in, in uh, Manhattan's, visions mm. of what he knows what happens it's his last moment but in in great john zian and frank fashion uh he superman's not coming at manhattan no. you turn the page yeah, he punches and he's knocking out posar yeah the evil firestorm posar. yeah he's, he's right behind yeah. him he's punched right over manhattan's shoulder and manhattan's yeah. why would you defend me he's confused um right. i don't know yep and, uh, and i just love superman oh no shit <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> no, but because I don't know what to think about this, but what I do know right now, you got to make a choice. So, like, stop standing around, get into action, and let's go. Yeah, like, and he's outright like, oh, you said it was this or this or that, right? But no, that, that's, that's the third choice. Yeah, and he appeals to his world. He says, like, these photographs that keep sort of materializing. Who is she? Who's this woman? You clearly care about her. Um, <laughs> is like maybe you can save her world. You know, maybe like. You know, maybe the reason why everything seems to end, maybe it takes everything out of you to save your world and presents this idea. And Manhattan, as all the villains are coming towards Superman, and, you know, he actually disintegrates like Black Adam and stuff. And he just says, yes, I understand now, everything ends. And the very next page is we just get panels of various people all kind of turning blue. The panels go black. The Superman logo on his chest is kind of like, is kind of, you know, it's almost the end of it. It's the last thing to fade. It's it's almost uh, at the end of uh, Infinity War. It's just the it's mm-hmm. the the dusting of the S logo, and then they they really saved a lot of, a lot of money on this page here in terms of the production because this yeah. all black page I'm sure took it's a lot of effort. It's a central page, <laughs> but it, but it, yeah. Normally I'd be mad, but um, this is essential for what's to come. I'm next. just cracking I, a I, joke. I, I actually love the way that this is a full single page of black. And then yep. the next page is all black as well, but it's split into the nine panel grid. Panels. So yeah. it's, it is, there's nothing. And then the universe is there. It's just it's not restructured yet. It's, yeah, the structure yep. is there. It's just empty. Yeah. And of course, and the then pa- we get the reality. Yeah. The page after that starts in black again. But then, of course, you see like a sort of planet kind of forming and crumbling. Uh, it's, it's, I mean, it's Krypton. I mean, it's clear it's Krypton from yep. where it goes. Uh, yeah. But you see the ship, it begins with a child. And. We see different versions of Clark's ship land in different parts of history, implying that even that there's universities out there where he landed in prehistoric times, where he landed in, right. you know, the caveman times and stuff like that. Oh. And of course, the last one is kind of maybe the the the, the, the real original one that we all think of uh, yeah. is you know, which is straight from from Secret Origin, which yeah. I love, like you know, uh, and and yeah, and this is where it really starts to come together. And well, why that- I love DC Comics. Yeah, because like you know, he we're seeing more of that that car ride. You know, the, the nightmare where Clark's with, parents, yeah, with his parents, yeah, we're going to end up dying, and 
like we have we go back to this moment and this you know, remember we lost a shit issue six or seven whatever it was yep. when manhattan just moved the lantern yeah just gra- just casually said i moved the lantern and now you know Al- alan scott never became green lantern and he just so he says that again then the very next panel it's july 16th 1940 i moved the lantern back and it's like <gasps> he just fixed I mean, it yep he just <laughs> fixed it just and like then that. the ripple effect of what this causes for Clark, for the greater DC universe. Yeah, the, the, I, I love, and I love that as someone that really gets into the continuity of stuff, right? Like so much so that sometimes it's to my own detriment, right? But yeah. the fact that with that there's an Earth with Superman, but no Justice Society, and how much of a mess it's become, right? But then there's an Earth that Superman exists because of the Justice Society, right? That I, that I story think more importantly than Superman uh-huh. exists, I think it's Superboy exists. We're jumping ahead here, right? Because the very next panel, to show the ripple of this, the very next panel is, again, Clark in the car with the parents in front. And instead of saying whatever he said originally, Jonathan says, hey, my father used to tell me stories of the Just Society of America. And, you know, that was decades ago. But if they were willing to go out and show who they were, maybe you should too. And it's basically inspiring Clark to maybe have the courage to be Superboy. And it's also a refutation of, of, you know, the Man of Steel stuff. I, I was going to get you that, are. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Yeah, yeah, Hide who you are and, and whatnot. Which, again, the whole metaverse concept is that's an Earth where Clark hides who he is, right? And look at of, of how, makes it how equally, dark it gets. It, it makes it equally valid in a way. And it makes right. every else right. world valid. Right, exactly. And it, and But here, this is the mainline continuity, right? This is the one. This is what happens because his dad's like, hey – there was this wartime heroes and like do it, be the hero. And because he has this in his mind now, the car accident goes completely different. Yeah. Cause he said he saved them. He jumps out and saves right. them. Uh, Superboy. Superboy has Superboy. And we, we start seeing more ripple effects where it, it's like, because just say exists again. So does Superboy and because Superboy exists again, he inspires the Legion. The Legion. Um, and Ozymandias <gasps> starts, you know, freaking out because like, uh, the Legion ring disappears, and this is the thing. Is like obviously we'll get to this in a minute, but the version of Saturn Girl we had in this book no longer exists because the version we see oh. in a minute is actually the one that's currently happening in in Bendis's right. book, right? Um, yep. uh, Johnny Thunder disappears, uh, re- realizing that he became the Thunderbolt himself. The Thunderbolt, and you know, he says, uh, see you. And you know, Ozymandias is just sort of standing, like, John. What are you doing? Like, what's happening here? And all the villains are beating up Clark. We're back in the same moment. Black yep. Adam's still there. It's almost as if reality's rewritten and caught up. I think I don't know, even says that. Yeah, the future and the past are free, blah, blah, blah. Um, it's like, but they've actually caught back to the same part of the timeline. And just when Clark's down, because the actual Justice League are all still in Mars. We find out later, because they, yep. they all return soon, because we get a panel of them saying, oh, they're just yep. back from Mars. Um, Superman turns around, then we've got a big double page spread where he says, better late than never. And it's the Legion <clears throat> and the JSA all assembled and it's both the JSA that we've been seeing in Justice League, but also the other characters that weren't there in Justice League. You know, the Star yep. Girl, your 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 newer legacy, the, the, the Johns Justice yeah. Society. Right. You have Liberty Bell, and I mean, you have Wesley Dodds there. You got Mister Terrific. You got Jade and Obsidian. Um, Power Girls there. Um, the the Tornado. What was her name? The uh, she was the Ma Uncle's granddaughter. Yeah, uh, I forget her name, but she was in Johns's. Uh, Post uh, post infinite crisis, yeah. Justice I mean, society. I actually think there is some some stuff we could talk about with infinite crisis in this one because we we've, we've been talking yeah. recently quite a bit about infinite crisis for yeah. whatever for, yeah. you know, one reason or another, and 
this is kind of, in many ways, a retelling yeah. of that bit with Superman. It is. It is. Mm. And, and yeah, because of, of what the vibrational frequencies are, right? Because of, of what the multiverse means. And, and you know, and, and that basically was the, the return of the multiverse, but not infinite, right? It's there, there's 52 worlds and, and almost the metaverse refutes that now. And it, it puts it in line with, with the dark multiverse and I mean, it, it refutes it in a couple of different ways, actually, uh, which we'll, yeah. we'll get into. Um, yeah. Even both Wildcats are there, you know, the, the newer one from Both Crisis. Wildcats. Yeah. yeah. Right. And then, and then you, you look at the, the Legion and this is the Legion from, so, so good on them for getting that. Yeah. You've got like uh, the, the new lightning lad in there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, um, um, so, well, it's, it's, yeah. so obviously, even though it's all these things coming back, it's kind of like this, again, this new reformed version that kind of mixes the old with a little bit of the new that's, that's happened. Right. And this is where the book gets really kind of weird and trippy in the sense that it really kind of tries to make sense of that. And even the fact that we have these changes every so often and we get into some serious stuff. So yeah, this, we see this it. is the epitome of having your cake and eating yeah. it too, isn't so, it? So we, have, we see them fighting Black Adam and, you know, uh, but John sort of starts sort of pay attention to that. And I'm going to get really, I'm going to basically go through the piles of this next bit because this next bit is so like mythology defining for DC Comics and the DC Universe as a whole that attention must be paid to this. This, this so, is the point where we have to pray that DC takes this seriously and they use this. Don't just throw this out. No, use I this. don't think they Build will. No, I, I, I yeah. feel like that there's some murkiness because this took a long time to get, get done and there's some murkiness because they had to go ahead with some other things. But I think, I think especially since this clearly hints at 5G one in a, in a, a little bit, I think yeah. it's clearly that this is going to be incorporated in terms of the overall but thinking. I also I hope feel so. like well, like Connor just said too, but it's also, let's say 5G isn't a, a, a smashing success, right? Now they can fall back on the metaverse to fixing things. You I mean, all it tells us in here, all it tells us in here, they're going to do that five years later anyway. I, I think, you know what, is, is, I know that's, <laughs> but, that there's some people who are going to find that really cynical and be like, oh, yeah. well, you know, refresh every five years. But I think it's, it's, again, the last couple of months, we've been going, we're kind of looking forward to 5G. We want yeah. that, you know, shot yeah. blood in the well, eye. Yeah, really we want, we want a shake up. up, yeah. So, so, I mean, first of all, you have Manhattan saying he's inspired, but so he says, 1938, right. you know, Superman lifts the car over his head. Mm-hmm. He talks about how he gets to the first crisis, Earth 2 is born, you know, all, the, all this classic DC stuff. Yeah. Uh, after the crisis, the Earth divides again. And this is where things start to get really interesting, is he says, Earth 1 becomes Earth 1985, a world unexplored even today. And basically what this is and what it looks like is that pre-crisis Earth continued on in its own universe. Right. There's a yep. pre-crisis Earth where we have Supergirl with a headband and we have those versions of those characters, those Bronze Age um, versions yep. of the characters, essentially, continuing on. And this idea that the metaverse, or the multiverse even, actually keeps every version of the, the universes to preserve every era, as he puts it, of Superman. He kind of puts Superman, or I say that when I say he, I mean John's in this case, puts Superman yep. at the center that the, the Earth's kind of, and the universes kind of revolve around. Uh uh, as it should be I, although I almost feel like there's opportunity there for some point for uh, if Clark ever like finds this out and Lois says hey Clark the world doesn't revolve around you actually Lois I think you'll find <laughs> and, uh, it, not just our world all of them <laughs> uh, it's at this point that I just like to if anyone hasn't read it go and read Morrison's Super Gods because uh, it is this that. concept um, essentially yeah. of 
you know, it, it's the idea of, of American uh, comics being the, the American mythology and Superman being the key to everything. Right. Yeah. And and no, and then that makes sense with Johns and them working so close, you know, on 52. Absolutely. Right. Like, just, I'm sure they've, you know, Morrison, this is more than Morrison's fingerprints all over it when you get to the multiverse stuff. Joe's, you know, Joe's funny but, about this is that. So much, like not every single detail of the continuity that's established here is going to necessarily fit everyone's perfect version of uh, no. DC or Superman's continuity. I know some people don't like the idea that there's superheroes before Superman, that he should be the first, and this clearly doesn't do that. It's the JSA first, uh, which I'm okay with for the record. I'm not complaining about that. Me too. Um, um, like, but for me personally, I'm not a big fan of Superman being Superboy before he's Superman. I kind of like Superman I, being the. I like him being this. I like him being Superboy in the 31st century, and that's where he has his adventures. You know, um, and because I just I mean, I like nothing in this comic excludes Matt's version there. Oh sure, right. um, but I, I just don't like him being Superboy at all. I, I like the idea that he becomes when he becomes Superman. That's really the the choice and the journey to becoming that for the first time. Uh, but that's a personal preference. But it doesn't really matter that there's maybe some small details that don't quite line up with your perfect version. I think uh, what, what is key here though is it goes. There's an Earth out there that does. Yeah, but it, all, yeah. it also makes it very clear that. Um, all, all, everything is important. It also feels like it's, it's, everything is about paying homage to the history of everything. So, mm-hmm. and obviously DC's been on long enough, and there's all periods that we hate. I mean, hell, this page even establishes that there is a flash. You know, there's a the new Fifty Two Earth that still exists. You know, from before Rebirth, mm-hmm. um, called yep. Earth Fifty Two, which I never want to go there again. Let's stay away from that place. No. But uh, <laughs> Perpetua, call me up. I'll tell you where it's at. <laughs> <laughs> but I like that it exists in this context. Yeah, yeah. because well, because Manhattan makes it very clear that when the, the, the Flashpoint happened, uh, that basically meant that the new universe... Because it basically... The new universe Split. is created for each one at the end of their time. So the Flashpoint right. created the universe that has the post-crisis world in it. Uh, right. Rebirth happened, and that created the universe of the New 52. You know, it separated out, kind of thing. Yeah, that's well, that, also... the point where it diverges because of that point. That's where it's it's bottled essentially and, and locked right. off and put on a different path and continues in its own way. Yeah, um, which is really exciting because it means that theoretically we could have a whole, whole series of Elseworlds if a writer wants to go to a specific, you know, continuity. continuity they can you know, just it's, do it's, it. it's actually funny. You is, already um, have. We, we got that uh, that Giffen and Lemire uh, yeah. book. What, 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 what was five. that? One? Yeah, that's right. kind of that, right? Post invasion. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I guess it can So I just want to let you guys know that if they start releasing post-Infinite Crisis era books, that's all I'm reading. <laughs> that That's my jam. Like that, that right before Infinite Crisis to after Infinite Crisis, those are my favorite books. So DC, you want to put those out? You got a person. Like <laughs> You may get one or two, Matt. You're not going to get enough to fill your whole comic reading needs. DC, prove them wrong. <laughs> so there's a, there's a big almost yeah. full page spread of superman with with batman and various teams uh not, notably we've got a classic batgirl outfit and hey. got night nightwing in his blue you know proper we, we outfit. Got a guy uh, guy Donna Troy. there's a guy yeah, going I, don't, there, I, don't, I don't see a kyle rayner there do you connor no um, no, no. But I see, I see a Jessica Cruz. So I, we, we've got Alan Scott, we've got Hal, we, we've got John, we've got, got, got Jessica, we've got Guy. It's just Simon and Kyle that aren't there, right? Yep. Yeah. So, so okay, the book's not perfect. They could replace a guy with Kyle. It would be perfect. <laughs> anyway, no. uh, so 
So this is where things get really interesting. Because John starts just dating things for the future, which is oddly ballsy in a comic book. So let's go through these, right? So in the year 2020, Superman's timeline is bombarded with the reckless energies of the old gods. Once again, uh, warping the universe. So 2020 is next year, right? Um, right. And that'll start 5G. Um, and that'll make sense in a second. Because remember, the 5G like world is created when it ends right which is why this is the start of 5g uh and it says it's july 2nd 2025 a crisis unlike uh any of the metaverse has ever seen uh they'll call the time masters time will erupt masters. Um, well, it says, it, it, no it just says one they will call time masters erupts uh okay as if that's the name of the crisis but i think it's interesting given that um uh you know rip hunter's in a different book this week sure sure uh but yeah. it says, but that in its wake, Superman is revitalized and his greatest allies return. So if the rumors of 5G replacing a lot of the characters with other versions of them uh, is true, then it's telling us right now they're all back in 2025. <laughs> yeah. At the yeah. latest. Well, yeah. yeah. And I see Dick Grayson wearing the blue uh, Nightwing suit. So all's good in the world. Yeah. Right? Superman's um, revitalized. Dick's running around. Yeah. Great. Is that it, is that Batwing at the top now in a new new outfit? It looks like it. Looks it. like it. Yeah. Also, um, I want to point out. Look over by the flashes, and um, you got someone dressed like a turtle. I noticed that as well. Yeah. So I'm wondering, if, is that is that the turtle baby that that Garad's been calling <laughs> around up. with? It's an ally. So yeah, up. like because time, because you know the speed force and and time distillation and whatnot. So. Um, no, so, so yeah. interesting stuff. Um, and now it says January twenty twenty six. The timeline is restored. Earth five G is born. So that's the end of five G. Right. So so the crisis that happens in twenty twenty five, you know, leads to twenty twenty six, and that's the end of five G, presumably, right? Now, admittedly, not all this is locked in stone, but I'm no, sure that this take that's six months. That's a, that's a six issue event. Yeah. This part here, though, everything we've just talked about, this 2020, 2025, I believe this plan is roughly in place right now. It may change, but I think there's actually some truth behind what he's saying here of what the rough plan is for the timeline, right? Um, And then he throws in some other wacky things here. Um, 2030, Secret Crisis, and that title's perfect when you actually realize what he's he's joking and teasing about here. Throwing Superman into a brawl across the universe with Thor himself. Now, Thor, of course, isn't just Marvel Thor. There's lots of Thor, because Thor's free to use. So you kind of go, I mean, it's you on your what? mind as soon as you, you, know, you yeah. hear Thor, but you go, oh, sure, whatever. And a green behemoth, stronger than even Doomsday, <laughs> who dies protecting Superman from these invaders. So he's straight up teasing, like, Marvel DC so, crisis. <laughs> so who's the invaders, right? Oh, who knows? Like, man, I, I got to know who kills yeah. Hulk. I mean, because like, if, if Hulk's protecting Superman, clearly they're fighting yeah. side by side against some other villainous entity. Yeah, and you have two of, two of my favorite Marvel characters with my favorite DC character. What is going on, Johns? <laughs> get out of my head. Yeah. Now, don't get me wrong. Was, I think this is probably just a wink, wink. Let's have a joke at this point. Because yeah. I think I think everything from this point. Yeah. On is, um, well, the the, the one that I was the... not sure. Yeah, I think Matt's just about to say is uh, June seventeenth, twenty twenty six. Yes, of course. Yes, yep. it is. Uh, uh, Superman goes on a quest to find Bruce Wayne's lost daughter so she can save Bruce's son. So Damien's in a rough place, so the long-lost sister of Damien needs to help him. So so is this, the, is that Helena Wayne, right? Is this is this that version of Huntress going Possibly. forward? I mean, it's, like, it's a solid idea. Dark, you know, dark Damien? I mean, I mean, given where Batman and Catwoman are, I mean, it wouldn't bear the realm of possibility for them to have a kid. Like, you know. Right? 
I mean, I meant to listen um, to Tammy Wimey nonsense to make it work I mean, age-wise. Damien but... was Tammy Wimey nonsense in his own way. That's true. He is. Well, it wasn't until we'd had Flashpoint. <laughs> right. Well, sure. But... <laughs> but no, I always love, though, that idea of Morrison going back again. Morrison went and found this moment where Talia and, and Bruce did the deed in the desert. And then it was out of continuity, but then he put it in a continuity, right? Like, sure. Uh, oh, yeah. Kind of... So you're saying that we could just say, okay, Batman and Catwoman had one random encounter, you know, right. X number of years ago, and here we are. Uh, um, that's possible. That's possible. But yeah, but so, but also, also, it's each of these going forward though is because it says no matter how many times Superman's existence is attacked, he will survive. Yeah, even we, if, we, we go uh, through a number even of changes diff- constant. Yeah, we we go yeah. through a number of different. You know, we see twenty thirty, we see twenty uh, forty five, and there's versions where the Kents already have a baby. There's versions where they don't. You know, and it just keeps happening and happening. No matter what, Superman always happens, and he's always there to kind of anchor everything um, and eventually get things back on track. Um, and this kind of inspires him. And it's basically this, and this is kind of where it gets to the point where it reveals what Ozymandias' plan the whole time has been: is he wanted Superman to inspire Manhattan, is so it- that, so that Manhattan would be inspired to save their world. That the, you know, and. Right essentially manhattan is inspired to make sure his world has a superman and obviously we're, that we'll get to that properly that's, at the very it's end kind of a great right. plan because that is why that earth goes so off the rails is because there's no superman yeah right that that's that's the subtext there and uh as i so to answer the question of how how is superman relevant in in 2019 2020 jeff john just gave it to you right again hopes <laughs> Hope's the North Star in the in, in the metaverse, right? All of these things work out because we we want good in the world, right? Like, yes, the world can be a, a real shit place sometimes, but you know, in a place where we can go to get lost, and at least that's how I read it, to get lost in them, you know, it's always good when when Superman's around to be the good that we all want to see in the world, and he does change worlds just with his presence there, and. You know, Alan Alan Moore, that was kind of his point, right? Where what if superheroes existed in the real world of the 1980s? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, so Manhattan rounds up the various Watchmen characters. Uh, Comedian actually gets blasted back to his, his, his world from wow. Lex. Although, notably, he goes back to the time he left, which was when he was falling out the window. So yeah, he yeah. just goes back to his death. Well, well yeah, and that's he after he die, shoots Ozzy. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's just Ozzy first, but yeah, Ozzy survives anyway. <laughs> so, um, what's interesting though, so it's, it's so Manhattan sends the others back. He's sending uh, the other characters back, but notably not Maimon Marionette, which is where things get yep. interesting. Um, and uh, Reggie makes sure that Ozzy Manis is not going to die. He's stopping the bleeding because no, you're going to pay for your crimes. You're going to go to prison, uh, despite the fact that you might have you know saved our world. It doesn't change what you did, which. It, is interesting. I, I think it's interesting that it kind of parallels with Manhattan earlier in the issue, making that choice to. You know, he, he's aware he did terrible things, um, so maybe he accepts his fate, and 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 it's kind of the same sort of thing here. Mm-hmm. I'm just again parallels with a TV show, so I'm I'm, I'm going to say that for spoiler's okay. sake. But, yeah, uh, yeah, please don't. I've not started yet. Um, so. Yeah. So that's interesting, but Manhattan says, I'm not taking you two with me. Uh, and that is Maimon. So Maimon Marionette are staying in the DC universe, which is right. very interesting. And yeah. he says that you're going to have a, a daughter um, and you will see your son once once again, but 
your son's going to need an anchor in this world like I did. And we get kind of into that. And this is where it goes back to Carver Coleman. And Manhattan goes back and sort of this, this he was his anchor and says, I've not been a good friend. And we find out that Carver Coleman actually has now went on to have a fairly, I mean, he did sort of like, you know, have a, have a rough patch. But he, you know, yeah. he came back. He was a, an actor again. He won Oscars. He became an advocate for uh, for gay actors and uh, like all all these things. It gives us this kind of almost feel good sort of element I, to his story. I like the way that it, it twists it as well because um, right. Manhattan. It's he, he just says, you, "Yeah, no, yeah. It, it's it's the point where he's like, oh, um, you know, the, the reason that you know you're not going to be here a year from now is because I won't be here, so you won't need to be here essentially." Right. Right. He's not in that diner. Yeah. For their annual meeting, because yeah, but no, but I do like that because it and it keeps going within this annual desk where it says the you know the marathon for the late star, and then yeah, like what Pete was saying, it goes on to what what he had did with his life and how much good it it has done. And, you know, it, for, it's, for it's, others. and it shows that knock on effect of Superman inspiring Manhattan, and then Manhattan inspiring Carver Coleman to yeah. to sort of lead this life and accomplish what he accomplished. Yeah, uh, yeah. And, then, and that transitions into other stuff like the JSA coming back out, you know, in, into the public light is the the generational team that we know. Yeah, Justice League are obviously back from Mars as well. It mentions that here. Yeah, uh, we it, see it talks of impeaching the president in a very very timely. <laughs> yeah, um, we have a uh, Superman and Lois actually going to see the Kents. The Kents are visiting Metropolis, yep. so not only are they back in terms of not dying in his youth, they're just, they're both still alive now. We see them yeah. there in present day. They're back, oh, it, which. Uh, also, Wonder Woman wants a new uh, new version of yeah, the Global Guardians, right? Which which that's cool. I like that. Yeah. And because they've you know, and each each country is designating a person, you know, and yeah. so it lists all of those, which is super cool. But yeah, when we we get to the the Kents, I'm not gonna lie, I shed a tear. <laughs> I'm I'm sitting reading this at work because I started it at home, but then you know had to had to leave, and then I get to work and. I'm in my office, single tear rolling down my cheek because that that scene of them hugging it just it means the world to me that they're back. Uh, I think I turned up a little bit. I wasn't at that point. It was before that when uh, it was all just how important Superman is to everything and all that mm-hmm. stuff. Um, so but Manhattan, Pete, I've known that. So Manhattan wasn't new to me. Uh, well, no, it wasn't new to me either. yet, tip, but <laughs> oh, where's my control? My, my TV's going to turn off. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. My situation reading this was surreal because I, I went out to get my comics on Wednesday and then I was going to see Star Wars and I yep. was going to a triple bill. Some summer showing started early evening and I was like, I kind of want to read Doomsday Clock because I just, I just want to read it. And I'm there, so you know, I went to get some food before I went in. So I sat in KFC and I'm like, i got time. So I'm just there sat in KFC reading Doomsday Clock. Uh, and I'm like, you know, again, get, getting very affected by these things. And, uh, yeah, I'm sure it looked pretty weird. So Manhattan goes back to his Earth, uh, all the chaos and destruction from you know what we saw in the f- end of the first issue, and yeah. we see him start to grow, you know, basically life. You know, he starts growing right. stuff out of the ground and um, clearly starts to fix things. Um, we find that Ozymandias does go to prison on that Earth. Um, Reggie kind of like thanks his father at his grave um, for kind of inspiring him, and. You know, all, all these all little things we see, you know, marionettes. What was having, the Byron Lewis oh, the last Oh, man. Matt, Matt, you make. I don't know what he said that either. Wasn't Byron Lewis the, the Mothman guy? Oh, you're right, you're right, you're right, yeah. yeah. So he thinks, because there's a moth in that 
in that panel where he says thank you. Yeah, I misspoke. I misspoke. Um, That's uh, so yeah, um, but he talks about maybe Marinette, you know, at the bank and why he didn't kill the kid, and he's kind of foggy as to the exact details of how this right. happened. Um, but basically, Manhattan's the one who took the kid. And we we already kind of had the hint from before that he was going. To, he gave the kid to to Laurie and, and Dan, right, right? Right. But this kind of goes further with it and explains that he essentially put his essence and his powers into this kid, yep. and we see him fade away from existence uh, as he's doing this. And the book ends with this kid showing up at the, the doorstep of 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 Laurie and Dan, who've got the daughter already. Uh, the daughter opens the door, and we have little boy. Well, so, you know, in my head, I'm thinking little boy John, and the final page is him saying, John calls me Clark, and that's the end of the book. He's basically made this kid with his own powers, this Earth Superman, and given him to a couple that he knows can raise them in the same way that Martha and Jonathan Kent raised right. Clark. Yeah. So that is the ultimate ending to Doomsday Clock. I, uh, I kind of love how they had an owl clock. I was just going to say sure, that. Yeah. I love, and, and that the time is past 12, right? It's like... Yeah two pass like we've we've made it through yeah the doomsday clock fine. resets yeah um but but yeah no i, I love that page too because it also with with him it, you know his mind wanders back to what could have been and you see him just be like yeah I, i'll leave the watch in there it, it's fine because yeah. and then you know um so he he somewhat gets a happy ending right like the the man that caused all of this you know, gets to, yeah, to fade he, off. He has a, a quick daydream about, like, oh, what if he got married and had kids and that, that yep. life had played out. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, we always kind of assumed this was going to end with Superman, in, you know, making Manhattan hope again. Talking his way out. Yeah. Um, and so it's not necessarily surprising. Um, obviously, the big story here is really all this stuff about how things will always find a way to sort of come back to what they should be and Superman being the center of that. And then obviously the actual tease for, hey, we're actually going to do 5G. That is, like, that. obviously we've heard rumors for a while. This is the first time, though, officially it's happening because it's just got mentioned in a book. Yeah. yeah. And uh, there was a, you brushed over just uh, the other character, Nostalgia. Um, yes. Yeah. That was introduced here. Which is, which is again, it's the, the cycle, right? Yeah. Of she gets obsessed with Ozymandias so, because she goes and visits him, a Bobatist finds, you know, her, look, you know, standing out of his prison, and then she becomes nostalgia, and yeah. whatever that means. And having seen the show, that has a completely different meaning from the show. Yeah, that that, that, that moment felt yeah. really weird to me having watched the show because yeah. I was like, oh, okay. But also, I, I know from the original Watchmen, nostalgia was a scent put out by Veet's company too. So, mm. and mm. it smelled like whatever you wanted it to smell like. That's why it was so popular. Like. It was this weird chemical, and that's why it was called that. Um, it, so, yeah, it, so she becomes nostalgia. And... Yeah, I mean, obviously I can't talk about it, but there's actually some no. shocking parallels between how this ends and how the show ends. Uh, you know Annoyingly, I've seen some spoilers. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. And I'm like, huh, that is interesting. Yeah. Uh, very fascinating. But I... uh, I'm just guessing, Pete, just yes or no, it involves the egg thing, right? Like, is that, that what you're talking about? Kind of, yeah. Kind of, yeah. Yeah. Well, if you're watching, like, I, I'm up to the, the eighth episode, you can kind of guess where it's going a little bit. Like, I'm sure they'll still surprise me because it, it has no matter what. Um, <laughs> like, just where I thought where it was going, but but still. Um, oh, yeah. No, that's a super solid show. Like, it's stupidly solid. Um, 
But yeah, no, I it's man, I got Doomsday clocked in, and then I got to go see Star Wars end. Like, yeah, I, I did what them like, within hours of each other, and it yeah. was like, oh, well, so. one end did much stronger than the other. Well, of course, yeah. yeah, that's fine. I still enjoyed them both for different reasons, like, you know. It's uh, but the amount of Superman. I've heard complaints about this book where people being like, "Oh, I, I wanted it into the Doomsday Clock story. I didn't need a, you know, a, an essay on why Superman's great." And I was like, "That was the start I, of the I mean, book. Like, it's been also, there." You always need an essay why Superman's great, no matter yeah, what. I mean, you can yeah. always have another one. Of but those. like, I, I saw that complaint on Twitter. I'm just like, I think you're missing the point of this, dude. Like, it's it's yeah, been I mean, there I, as, as soon as the metaverse concept was introduced and and you can kind of once and then once you see it all fall into place that was ozymandias's thing was like we need a superman to inspire this world so it's not a complete shit show yeah like, I, I i i put a tweet on the the, the dc comics twitter so at dc yeah. dc comics podcast is yeah. uh, our twitter uh, and just asking what people thought of it yeah. And there was del- and obviously people were generally quite positive, but there was a couple of questions, yeah. and one of them was like, "Okay, how exactly does this fit into continuity?" And I think the weird thing here is, is that the way this ends and talks about how yeah. things have kind of reset, um, right. it does almost like in a weird way. Like, I'm not sure exactly when the other books are officially in the post Doomsday Clock continuity, but right. the way it happens, and it's like, okay, you could technically just say it happens before Alfred dies, and that's why right. that's why right. Alfred's here. Uh, and- I think this is why I want to just talk about. Uh, I'm touching on another book here, but the the right. uh, the Earth three stuff that we're going to get to later, right. and it, you know we we see the crime syndicate, uh, and you know it, 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 we address. Oh, didn't they die in Forever Evil? And and the explanation is the multiverse needs to fix itself. There are things right. that just need to be the way they are, and well, maybe Alfred is one of those things. And then also in that you have Rip Hunter talking about how hypertime's broken and that, you know, usually time is fixed, right? Like the past and the future, you know? And he says in that one, there's something going on. So was that a, a, a reference to stuff that has happened in this book? I just, right? Was it? I just, I wonder if there will be like a definitive moment in the rest of the books where maybe it'll be the the end of Year of the Villain, maybe it'll be, you know, whatever the next event is that kind of clearly defines that, okay, we're definitely in the the post-Doomsday clock. Or is it more kind of fluid right now because of the way some of this stuff's already kind of already started happening? I suspect it'll be Snyder's crisis. Uh, Yeah. Um, But I feel like it does ultimately mostly work. There's just a couple of weird things. uh, And Alfred being being one of the the, the main ones, obviously. Yeah. but well, we can just undo that later. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, that's, dear. that's the beauty of this book. It's like, yeah, all the shit's gonna get undone. It's fine. Well, Don't it's, worry about it. Enjoy and that's comics. Plans. That's that's the cycle. Like, like I, I made that joke about only wanting to read that era of comics because I go back and read it, and there is a nostalgia factor, right? And that it doesn't hurt that some of the also the best comics. I feel you know you have Rucka and Wade and John's all at DC at the same time. You know what I mean? And they're they're all working on a lot of good stuff. But as a comic fan, I know this era is only going to last so long. And then it's going to go to a new one, you know? And mm. hopefully it's a little bit closer to Rebirth than it is to, to New 52. But it's just something that you have to go with. And maybe you don't always read books, well, right? Hopefully, like, hopefully I, it's closer to any era and not New 52. Because well, <laughs> those are the next two. Yeah. But, like, you know, like... 
yeah, I, I stopped reading Superman at a certain point, and it sucks, but it just goes to you can become this jaded fan that, oh, they don't make comics like they used to. Or you're just like, yeah, they don't make comics like they used to because they make comics like they do now. And well, what's funny is that none of us are reading Wonder Woman right now, but I went, no. none of us would say that we're not reading Wonder Woman because it's in a dire place like Superman was in New 52. It's not like that. No. We, just, we just don't like the writer. It is just like, no. but some people do, right. and it's not a completely ruining the and character. That's fine. It's just, it's, you right. know. And that's also why I've, I've, I try to get away from saying stuff about books that I don't read, right? Like, even like it's fun to poke, you know. At, at Red Hood and whatnot. Yeah, but at least that that has representation on the show, right? So right. you 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 are not that you listen, but you are no. theoretically <laughs> up to date, right? But I'm with saying like going on, or or at other companies like the, the fact that there's still a rivalry between Marvel fans and DC fans, where it's like, well, just read what you want to read, guys. Like, yes, I prefer my DC characters. Like I was talking to to my wife about Connor. No, he's not really big on the Marvel movies. Like he's mm. you know, and that's just. He'll read Marvel comics, but like the movies, they're just I've, at a point where. But in in kind of the spare of what Matt's saying, I've kind of stopped talking about them. Like, yeah, hey, you you want to enjoy them? Go, go enjoy them. I'm just not gonna right. watch them. Right, and so, you know, but he, I would say you're a DC fan first, so that takes priority. Yeah. You know, like, and whatnot. So, it, man, I just, I guess it's all just a whole thing. It's like read what you want to read, right? Comics are gonna keep going, you know. Sam Punk had that had that thing when he when he left the the WWE where he's like I'm just a spoke on the wheel right the wheel's gonna keep on turning whether I'm there or not and that's how I feel with a lot of comics comics are gonna keep going until you know they get too you know too expensive under their own weight and they'll have an implosion like they did in the early 90s yeah but the, again but even then they didn't go away completely no. they changed exactly but... right. Yeah, yeah, when, when then, that happens, that's when we switch to the the, the complete Netflix model. That's that's, right. my, that's my prediction. When they right. get come too expensive for people to buy single issues of, that's when the primi- primary way people read them will be through a service where you just get them right. all. Well, and it's also where I like when I when I go to a con and I don't go to too many, but if I can buy from the from the person right there, like I've only bought uh, Letter Forty Four from Charles Soule, mm. right? Like. Because there's a thing to it. That's his book. That's an independent thing, and it just feels yeah. cool to do that. I like that interpersonal than than going to the shop and and whatnot. Because okay. at the the price comics are getting to, like we were talking earlier, like I'm I'm not going to be able to read as much as I would like to just because of you know other hobbies and interests. So it's true. A, a lot of creators have their own websites. If you want to give them yeah. like, you know a higher cut, well, essentially. Well, I just mean is I like that I'm getting it directly from. His hands. There's a story attached to it. There's a reason I own it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Versus just like, well, I wanted to read it, so I bought it, which is 95% of what I get now. You know? Yeah. So, you know. But again, they start going up to five bucks a piece. I'm not gonna be able to read everything. Like it, it's gonna be more of these Wonder Woman scenarios where it's like, oh, who's the writer on that? All right, maybe I'll I'll, I'll catch up on on trade. On you know, it'll show well, up on digital. I later. mean, one of the things about comics is that. Obviously, you always have to start off with just some characters you're interested in, but yeah. eventually it becomes more about what creators you like more than which characters yeah. you like, because ultimately that's what makes the books good or not. And right. sure, there's some characters you will stick with below a certain lane of quality, but <laughs> Flash, <clears throat> but like ultimately, there's all every character has, has a bottom. Though every character has a line yeah. where okay, I'm not even gonna, I'm not going to read this anymore. You know, I love Dick Grayson, but we crossed that line. And I'm like, no, I'm not doing exactly. it. I mean, and and it's not even necessarily just. Just, you know 
quality that is the defining factor in, in this oh. case because like, like superman like with me like obviously i love superman love this issue and you know it's all about superman right. i'm not reading it right now because i don't enjoy bendis's Bendis writing i'm not saying right. it's bad i'm not saying that not oh this is you. this this is this is badly written or anything like right. i'm saying i don't enjoy it right anyway how did we get on to any of this 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 feels i don't know i blame matt yeah it's matt's fault no, i'm just talking about it, it's part of that cycle of comics that is part of the cycle of the metaverse that's how we got talking about it okay. because they're, they're going they're going to change right like um they're so going to change but they're also always going to come back the to same. familiar things right exactly and that's that's the cycle and it's even happening at marvel right like how often do they change seems to be faster like the the marvel universe seems to have a quicker turnover cycle at this yeah, point if DC DC's is like five-ish years yeah which yeah feels like the system we're kind of getting into now between right. Between New 52, Rebirth, and going into 5G. Yeah, although Marvel, for the most part, doesn't actually change continuity when it does it. It just, it just, it keeps getting more convoluted because things are changing so often. Right. <laughs> There's so yeah, much just I mean, like, the metaverse, is what we're saying. Right, they do, you know? And, like, you know, Jason Aaron's done on Thor, and uh, what's his name from uh, from Venom's Donnie going Gates. over there, right? And it's still the same character. It's still the Thor that J- Aaron was writing, but, you know... It'll maybe probably it'll... feel very different. Yeah, exactly, and... Again, that's a cycle of comics. So, and that's so why, again, that's why I love Jeff Johns. And I, I understand when people have issues with him. You know, my friend Alan used to say that it's it's just position, right? Where he just, he overwrites certain things. But I didn't feel that happened here. Like, I, I can see it's, that. It's worth mentioning that every, when I ask people for opinions on Twitter, yeah. um, it wasn't a ton of responses, but every single person who did respond, did it in at mm-hmm. least two or three tweets. There was no one who was able yeah. to do it in a single tweet. Everyone yep. had to do blocks of text and several tweets yeah. because that was the only way they could do it. Um, so everyone essentially has an opinion on this. If if you know you care enough about the DC universe that you you're interested yep. in what it's doing to it, um, and I think we are all excited about certain things. I mean, and you know the state of DC universe right now is not is not too bad. Like there's definitely things I'm not enjoying, but there's a lot of things yeah. I am enjoying. Um, mm-hmm. We have obviously the black label stuff is really spacing things up. Well, yeah. Of course, they're all like continuity, but they're, they're really good. Um, certainly, you know, I I am definitely ready for Scott Snyder to not be the one driving the the flagship. I really yeah, am. Yeah, me this too. Point. Me too. Um, when well, we'll get to that, I'm sure. In a, in a I think you know, what's interesting is barring Dick Grayson. Nothing's in a terrible position. No, nothing's irredeemable. Like, like you know. No. Uh, but know, even then, just, Jurgens no. is trying to redeem that Dick Grayson stuff right now. Oh, okay, he's trying, and I like Jurgens, but it's yeah. still I'm not interested. Whereas, no. you know, everyone else is in a situation where if you just put a writer on, I'm interested in, then I'm I'm willing to well, go with it. I could. So, so what you were saying about Bendis and Superman, I could say the same about Morrison and Green Lantern, right? Like, yeah, it's 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 the same thing. But and that's why I like Black Label is. I have Far Sector if I want to read Green Lantern right now, right? Like, that's why I'm glad. Well, that's not Black Label. It's, it's why it annoys point. me that Bendis is on both Superman and Action because it takes right. up both of my options, and I, right. I want one option. Somewhere. So, so yeah. So I, I think DC's got it figured out pretty well with the different lines. With you know, Young Animal. If, if that's is that its own imprint? Uh, it's it is. It's off and on. Okay. I think it's gone again. Gotcha. I think I think yeah, Far Sector is still technically Young Animal. Is, yeah. No, it is. That's why I was saying. Yeah. But then you have Black Label, which is some of my favorites. Like I love the the Murphy White Knight stuff right now. Like it's yeah. it's some of my favorite 
But this is the really... thing. There are a lot of things that we're all enjoying, um, and yeah. a lot of these are out of continuity books. Mm-hmm. And the mainline continuity, I think we're 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 not hating it. There's nothing like oh, this no. is all terrible. But it's not. A lot of it's not massively exciting right now, which no, is why we're, we're looking forward to. Okay, five G. Let's give this a, a shot yeah, of adrenaline and get going again. We're less enthused as we were at the beginning because when you have a new start, it's exciting, right? Yeah. Like it's. I remember doing that first show after that WonderCon, right? About all these, you know, Josh Williamson's coming to, to, to Flash. You know, he was handpicked by Johns, and whatnot. And oh, what's this? There's going to be a, a big event that it's it's building up to, and and you know they were they were kind of hinting at metal even as far back then, so, mm. you know. But yeah, and now we have that with with five G for whatever this means going forward. John's put it to paper, here, so yeah. we know it's coming a hundred percent. I mean, there's a there's a really good chance we might even get another WonderCon style like batch of announcements. Yeah, I, uh, I think we will come March because that because that would be. I, I don't think it'll be in WonderCon. I think that's too early. Um, so you think they'll before we go I think, uh, I think, Comic-Con? I think we, maybe because I think we're having this crisis event after Hell Arisen. And I think whatever happens with 5G is coming out of that. And all the yeah. all the leaks and rumors were saying t- early 2021 for 5G. So I think it'll be somewhere toward, you know, maybe late summer, oh. maybe, maybe around San Diego yeah. when we hear that, and, that we get those announcements. Well, yeah, and then maybe they, they learned a lesson from the Black Label. Because remember when they first announced that and then they had to retract a lot of stuff mm-hmm. and then restructure it. So maybe they learned their lesson that we're not going to announce it too early. And, oh, not too yeah. early, sure, but I, I do definitely see if they're if they're going to do a whole line wide thing again, they're going to have a lot of new yep. books. I can see because because Rebirth had that Rebirth had that event where they went through like yep. like almost all the books that were going to come out in the first like several months and uh, announced all the teams and it was and and they all came to be there was there was like I think like Super Sons was the one that took the longest, but other than that, everything was there I, in the first few months. I, I suspect we will get that. I just think WonderCon's too early. Um. I was forgetting there's probably going to be an event before then. Um, but this book did say 2020. Uh, for, yeah, for, it did. So, That's true. Um, so at the very least, I think the event, which might be this crisis that leads to it, is definitely in 2020. I want to know what these yeah. what these old god energies are. Like, what does that mean? Are these, is this like like the fourth world style stuff? Is this I, I like was wondering, Wonder yeah. Woman? Uh, what is this? I, I was wondering, are they going to try and tie that into like the perpetua sort of stuff right. and go down that angle as, yeah. and go there, the, the oldest gods, so to right. speak? Right. So, whatever it is, I'm, I'm excited. I love DC events for better or worse. I can't help myself. Yeah. yeah. Although, the quicker we get away from this perpetua shite, the better. <laughs> I mean, well, the end's close. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, I, I'm, I'm there. I'm. Justice Do More was way too long. <laughs> like, yeah. Do you know what yeah. I'll say? Is either the cover of Hell Arisen, or I don't know if it was the cover, but what, what yeah. part of it said, oh, the, 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 the stunning conclusion to you, the villain. I'm like, finally, yes. <laughs> yeah. Kill it. <laughs> I think um, it's funny that you say that, that, that uh, Justice Do More has been too long because it has. But it's it's the exact same thing with the uh, with John's Justly. What was that fight? Uh, Dark Side. Yeah. Dark Side War did go too long. Although I think ultimately I prefer Dark Side War to Justice Doom more. But I mean, that's so. So do I. Yeah. But well, I also the, got... they have similar problems though. But I also got one of my favorite Green Lantern stories out of Dark Side War. So I'm not gonna. That was a know. hell of a one shot. I will give you that. that. Was, yeah, that was the Tom King uh, Doc Shainer. Which, if Strange Adventures is anything like that, <laughs> and then you're gonna add Garrods, come on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's uh, read Doomsday Clock. 
yeah, we're basically at that point. I, I just, um, looking ahead, like, I do think they're more or less going to adhere to this. It's just a case of, like, how much of a sort of soft inclusion or def- defining point is uh, going to be used for it. Um, but reality does warp at the end. Technically, you know, we don't see Alfred yeah. after, you know, Manhattan no. resets reality again. So... There's an argument to be made that Alfred's technically dead at the end of this book as well. And it's Dr. Manhattan's fault! Get him! (laughs) Uh, I I could uh, live with that. As as much as, you know, we we don't want Alfred to be gone. He'll be back at some point. And, you know, we've got... We know know we're having, you know, Lucius for a while. That's that's okay. I mean, hell, if there's a disappointment here, it's that it doesn't outright fix uh, the Wally shape from Heroes in Crisis. (laughs) That's that's the... No, but, but he's still running with the Flash family in that image and the future i mean yeah and, and is, is that but is that just john's because we know he loves Wally. well right? i mean Wally. that that image where that's all happening the implication from the text i got was that this was 2026 when all the allies came back that's that was the the feeling i got from just because of the panels that were other the text boxes were on that panel well if it takes six years to fix wally then i mean that's <laughs> the price of- no i i'm i'm with pete on this one i think um that's the the end of the the 2025 crisis because right. like i say you know the 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 new batwing outfit i would not be surprised if that's what we see in the yeah. if if in 5g you know we get uh luke as as batman right. if that's his batman outfit mm-hmm. right. that makes sense uh so now i'm looking forward to things uh, if anything i'm just annoyed we have to go through possibly a snyder crisis to get to <laughs> to get oh, to course, yeah, but like, that I... was basically a snyder crisis and that was great it... yeah but we did yeah, it already yeah, but this is going to be different, because this is an actual crisis. That was a pre-crisis. We'll see. We'll see. Um, and I hate that that's become a thing, because pre-crisis means something different than what I just meant. That's, yeah. that's, that's part of the build-up to crisis. I, I was, yeah. I'm just... I'm, just, I'm so... I'm so the countdown. Yes, road two. I'm so mixed on Snyder the best of times these days that I just... It's hard to get excited Me for Me too, but event. then you get to read Good Snyder with American Vampire for Patreon. I do. So... I feel lucky because I missed that. I although sometimes I get shades of it, and we'll, we'll get to that. There's there's shades of stuff that I love, but I'm tired of him being so damn wordy. So like John's, sure can be wordy, but I never not felt the flow in Doomsday Clock, and I feel with Snyder, and that's why they're such different writers. Sometimes I'm like, all right, we get it. This is a textbook, man. I, I'm not gonna lie. I think part of this is uh, is Frank. That's too having that perfect pacing and then yeah I, in the sense that you know him and john's have done this together they know exactly what it is you yeah. know they've been involved at every step whereas with justice league how many artists have been on that book and and around that the, the, there's been some very good art um but none of them have been the the storytellers in the way that frank has been uh they, they've been facilitating the story they've not been the collaborator in the same way yeah yeah oh well okay i guess we're at the point of rating yeah Rating Doomsday Clock. Yeah, uh, just three tens. So just, just get I'm, it out of the way. I'm fairly certain it's three tens. I mean, <laughs> he's going to give it an eleven or something. Oh yeah, it was something stupid. It's about ten point five. How dare you? Where's ten point five? Three tens then, right? Three tens for three Doomsday tens Clock twelve. What a shock! I'm, I'm so surprised. All right, I think we can move on to the second book of the week. Uh, out of like a, what eighteen total books somewhere. <laughs> between the two shows um uh so the second book is suicide squad issue one tom taylor writing with bruno redondo on the art uh so we have an incontinuity tom taylor book at dc which is a cause for celebration and finally happening 
Here's what I'm going to say, right? So I, I have never been a big Suicide Squad guy. I tried the New 52 issue one. I tried the Rebirth issue one. And I've never felt compelled to stick around past a first issue. And to me, this issue is just proof. It's just, it's, it's the proof that it doesn't matter what the, what the character or property or team is. That if you give it to Tom Taylor, he will write an issue that makes me want to keep reading. That's fair. I will say, I think none of us have really read the classic Suicide Squad stuff, right? Unless yeah. Matt has. So, and I, I get that's probably more well regarded than the other stuff. Uh, in terms of Suicide Squad, I've read that I have enjoyed. There was like four issues by uh, Alice Cott in the middle of the New Fifty Two yeah. stuff. That was great. And then editorial happened, and he had to leave. Uh, yeah. So I, you know, it, it is possible from other writers as well. Is, is what I'm saying. Even though. Tom Taylor is clearly a, oh, you know, I never a, said I never a, said a, a king amongst writers. I never really meant to imply that <laughs> no other writers can can't Tom do it. Tom Taylor, King Tom of writers. Is that what Connor was saying? Was that a dig? <laughs> it, it wasn't intended to be, but I realize how it can be interpreted uh-huh. as such. So, and I think this is the key here: is I feel like a lot of the Suicide Squad from the past has been these, you know. Island of Misfit Toys type characters where, you know, no one's doing anything with them. So you hand them over to the Suicide Squad writer and they become completely expendable. Um, here, though, I think that Taylor took time to introduce these new characters. And when he merges them with the Suicide Squad, it gives the team a different vibe. Because yeah. these are characters that we kind of know that from their interpersonal stuff early on mixing with like Deadshot and Harley Quinn characters we're pretty familiar with. So when something does happen to one of the new characters, you know, it does feel like, Oh, this is legit. They don't, because they're all expendable, but you're not sure which one, right? Like, yeah. Because clearly some of these characters are going to survive and be main characters yeah. in the book for a long time, presumably. Um, but right. you don't know which ones because they're all new. They, they could, they're either all completely dead very quickly or some of them are going like, to survive. Like, and, and I know he said when, when this was announced that no one's safe, but I can kind of guess Harley's the one that he, I don't think he can I, I, actually I kill. I he would not be allowed to kill Harley. And yeah. Like, he could be Deadshot like, as well. I'd say, but I, I could see Deadshot going. I could see that being a I, I think end of this could arc. be a big surprise that they'd allow yeah. him to do. None yeah. of the... I, I think any of the others are fair game. Really. Right. Yeah. And, and, uh, and Zebraman. I don't think he's... You know, I think Tom Taylor likes writing Zebraman just because it's a hero called Zebraman. I'm going to think they're relatively I, safe for now. I'm so into Cavalier. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Cavalier. Um, well, Cavalier really, does not last all this issue, so good luck but with that. I really, I'm really into these, the, the what are they, not the Renegades, the... That, uh, the this, this rebellious group of uh, yeah. younger, younger super-powered people who are... When, but also, when you have a large muscled woman named Osita, which is which is a Spanish word for a bear. Of, of course it is. I'm not going to not like her. So yeah, you know? the, basically the, like, there's this uh, general or whoever, like he's at uh, like a, yeah. I don't know. It's a submarine launch in Australia. It was a launching, yeah. It was, yeah, I couldn't remember if it was a launch or decommission, but... Of you course know, it's Australia. Right. And... Basically, this what superpowered person uh, Wink shows up and sort of teleports him out of the sky with her, and then this you know flying guy. We get the, obviously mm-hmm. there's a page here where it sort of explains most of these main t- 
team members. Yeah, uh, I love Harry. Now, it doesn't last very long. He's dead by the end of the issue. But TNT, I think, is a great name yeah. for an exploding it, uh, person. <laughs> on on the Airy, I think he's interesting in, in something in this setup here. Every other character that's introduced from this team, you know, we, we learn, you know, you know, their power and where they're born. The Airy is the only no. one that doesn't say where yeah. they're born. And I yep. think that that might become relevant at some point. I think I think it will too. Um, but yeah, I, I like I like Jog because he's a speedster, but only in limited bursts. I think that's a fun twist on mm-hmm. on mm-hmm. that type of stuff. And then you have Chaos Kitten, which from Hong Kong and is a fighter, and it shades a wildcat to me. Yeah, right. I so that. I like. It, it, I, like, I like that. Yeah, well, it just establishes that there are going to be occasionally some of these members that don't have powers. Like, you know, the, you know, just like any yeah. other superhero team in the DC right. universe. There's usually one or two that um, don't have powers. Um, so it says all these characters, and we spend the first half of the issue getting to know them, and they're kind of these, like, uh, activists who are taking... So they're not, like, super villainous in the same way that, like, a lot of the other Suicide Squad characters are. Just, this isn't, like, Deadshot who's, like, a hitman or whatever. These are characters who are get out there, and they're taking over... Uh, vessels and you know whatever now admittedly maybe they have some nefarious plans with the vessel but it never really felt necessarily quite like that to me so far they are called the revolutionaries like they have a point of it was all like nuclear weapons were it was on Mm. one of these submarines it was a nuclear launch and they were like no we we don't want any more of these in the world we're taking this off your hands yeah so yeah tnt blows up the others like the the partnership Uh, and we meet uh, the two fishy ones, uh, Scale and Finn, who are both Atlantean yep. and telepathic. Uh, right, they're definitely from the the sixth tribe, right? Yeah, they have like, that look to them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so I want to give this a, a fair bit of credit for making me kind of into some of these characters in a very short amount of time. Yeah. Is is I mean, honestly, the, the thing that Tom Taylor's be- the best at more than anything else is just writing characters that you enjoy reading and are kind of into their, their, their story even when you don't get a whole lot with them and i've felt that with multiple things i felt that with these x-men red um you know it wasn't very long in uh you know all new wolverine where i was caring so much about laura and gabby like he does this time and time again um and of course we cut then to the suicide squad and we introduced to Locke. uh who is the new leader of the suicide squad he's right. taken over from amanda waller uh, who we later find yeah. out is is That's quitting. That's what he thinks. Yeah. <laughs> well, sure. Yes. I mean, we could speculate. Waller, yeah, Waller never does anything she doesn't want to do. That said, you know she I mean? does seem very like, I don't know, like maybe, maybe this again is just her playing it up, but she does seem very yeah. upset about the whole thing the whole time. She's very quiet yeah. and like somber and like she's been. It's like a forced. You know, it's like she's resigning, but she's been forced to resign. It kind of has that feeling to it. Uh, but, you know, we have uh, Magpie, the Shark, Zebra Man, Cavalier, obviously Deadshot and Harley, and they've been sent in. Uh, none of the Justice League teams can go in to deal with this. None of the, the armies can go in to deal with this, so they're sending in this team. I like them making fun of Cavalier, uh, Deadshot and Harley telling <laughs> yeah. the shop. This is why I was like, oh, I'm into Cavalier. He's, he's trying so hard, bless him. Uh, I actually also really like when Harley's talking to Zebra Man. Like, you know, why are you Zebra Man? The theme, like, were you bitten by a radioactive zebra? No. Uh, are your powers zebra based? No. Do you just really like zebras? Never really thought about it. <laughs> You've never what? what? Yeah. So I'm looking up his origin, and it's such silver aged silliness. Um, <laughs> his his I guess his official powers is he has magnetic powers, which here it's more of a telekinesis because that's what um, it, it it does say you know controls magnetism though. Oh, that is right there, isn't it? Telekinesis force field controls magnetism. Stripey. 
Um, yeah, all, all of these things sound very zebra-related, don't they? <laughs> yeah. yeah, so... I mean, hey, to be fair, Stripey is. Yeah. <laughs> you know, credit where it's due. Yeah. He's got the money. Um, but I like, it, I like that Magpie. Um, she's just like, I just steal things. This is way out of my league. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, and I actually really like Magpie as a villain. Every, you know, yeah. whenever she pops up, I think she's always pretty enjoyable. Yeah. Well, I'll look at her attached. Yeah, you, you did. <laughs> No, yeah, well, yeah. Uh, so we cut back to the uh, the young revolutionaries they're they're chatting and whatever uh and there's the couple that are flying up up in the sky and the winged one gets shot in the wing and it's okay yeah. dead shots around and then the the shark you know grabs one of the one of the atlanteans and that's a great like they are really good in this oh. i thought i thought the art was oh, uh, really yeah, solid this is the it. team that did injustice where which goes to some really messed up places and just the four issues of it that i've i've had the time to read now, um this wastes no time Oh, absolutely. There's, there's some great yeah. violence here. You know, the shark rips him in half, uh, biting him. Um, that's not my favorite panel in the book, though. My favorite. So Magpie gets killed by one of the other characters in the ship. I have seen. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but the best part of this, absolutely, is Cavalier shows up. He thinks he's all going to. You know, he's on guard. He's like here to you know do this. And yep. I like the, uh, the 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 cat girls. Like, uh, you want me to be on my guard? Why? <laughs> like we're fighting. Right. <laughs> um, but basically, um, the big woman sneaks up behind them. She's got the she's got the bionic arm, the you know the Terminator arm. Yeah, buddy. And now, admittedly, we're not doing our favorites of the week at the end of this episode because we're going to have to wait until we do all the books and we'll do them at the end of the next episode. But if it wasn't for Doomsday Clock Week, this metal fist going through the face with the eyeballs flying away from it might be my panel of the week. It's a strong contender in any other week. Yeah, this is freaking beautiful. Uh, uh, Locke makes Deadshot shoot everyone with these uh, sort of uh, not not like lethal bullets, and we find out right after that this is basically the neck the neck implants, right. but just yeah. just delivered by bullet. Uh, so Locke comes down, and the whole ruse here was that he wants to recruit the rest of the, all these people into his own Suicide yeah. Squad, and that he's going to reshape the Suicide Squad so he can reshape the world, and this team will be the most badass thing ever. Um, and he blows up TNT to prove his point. Because yeah. uh, there's always one, right? There's always one. I need to prove that this can happen. So Yeah, and, and yeah. he's been studying. So TNT's a lot like uh, a human bomb from Freedom Fighters mm. where he has to charge it up. And because he had already, you know, the last two days he hadn't been charged, uh, they, they make safe. the... Yeah, um, but he, he, he wasn't because you can't blow up a guy that his powers are blow up if he's you know not charged for it i, I so. think it was also as well the idea of okay i he is uncontrollable right yeah as opposed to all the others are oh, bombing the bombing them will do the trick not this guy yeah, yeah he can yeah. clearly survive an explosion <laughs> right yeah. so boom make an example of him. he has the explosion um maybe he can't survive the explosion because he just killed I think him he, can't, explosion, ex- but... he can't survive the explosion when he's not ready for it, it's not his explosion. Yeah. But the idea of if 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 he just let this guy wait until he was charged up, yep. and then he could just blow him up, and and they would take him out. Yeah, it would take take lock out of the equation. Yeah, right. So, so it was, it, I think yeah. it was self preservation. Yeah. Uh, so that's yeah. kind of where we end the book. It's like, yeah, you know what? For me now, uh, and that's it. So 
I thought this was an excellent first issue. I think this did yeah. so many interests, so many characters made me kind of. I mean, I don't necessarily remember all the names yet or anything like that, but it made me like them all well enough as, in terms of yeah. ensemble. It gave me some fun stuff with Harley and Deadshot. It set up this new dynamic. We've got this new status quo with this new guy taking over the team. No one's happy about it, including because even the original Suicide Squad is like, you know what, you know Amanda Waller, we hate your guts, yeah. but <laughs> I know at least yeah. know who you are, and I feel like I know how, how to play the game with you. Right. The, the devil you know is better than the devil you don't. Yeah. So I, I really like that aspect of it. I thought the art was extremely solid throughout. I think it's very clean. It feels... Uh, yeah, I would, I, shout out to the, the colorist as well, mm. um, whoever that is. Uh, Adriana Lucas. Um, some great clean colors. I love the way uh, the waves on the on, on the sea uh, are, are done. Um, when we get onto the, the inside stuff with Magpie and the, the red and all the silhouette, um, uh, it, it's great. Yeah. Um... So here's the thing. Taylor's never afraid to, to show someone dying. We didn't actually see Magpie die. We just see that she goes off the monitor. Yeah, well, I, I just read that more. It was less of a misdirect and more it was the, it was going for that classic horror thing where the person sneaks up behind her and it just cuts to right. the flat line, you know, on the monitor. Yeah. Like, you know, it was going for the, the, okay. almost the spooky... I, I agree. I think she tactic. is dead. I think it was yeah. that. But I mean, it's open if they want to bring her back. Yeah. Right. Um, so I have never been this enthusiastic about a Suicide Squad book ever, and 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 Taylor, I trust. Yeah. So, and um, and so I'm I'm hoping this is the kind of tone James Gunn brings to his. Sure, movie. Oh sure, yeah. Because um, if this is the type of tone with what we've seen with like arm fall off boy and stuff, then this, I fine. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. We're, we're just talking about how oh the big continuity stuff's maybe a little stale right now, and then then but then we immediately start talking about the new Suicide Squad book, and I was like, oh, this is great. Yeah. <laughs> I love this. Yeah, but I think that's the thing that we were getting at is yeah, there, there are great books and great in continuity books that are fresh like this. It's a new number right. one. It's just because it's just one book, it doesn't feel like it affects the whole. Sure. Line, right? you, know, you, you don't have that. Enthu- uh, uh, renewed enthusiasm yeah. for everything. But I definitely don't want this to just be canned when the reset happens. Because, I mean, it's only like, you know, 10 issues in just because there's a reset happening. Oh, no, I agree. Yeah. And, and let's, like, they've done it before. Like, John's just carried on doing Green Lantern into the new 52 like nothing happened. Even though that it's completely fine. reset everything else. <laughs> yeah, right. it, just, it just carried on like nothing changed. Um, hell, Morrison, while he got shafted to a side book with, uh, you know, his, his Batman Inc. Uh, stuff. Yep. Yeah. It still just carried on Morrison's stuff. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that's precedent. Um, but no, really solid. And, you know, uh, his Spider-Man book just got cancelled at Marvel. So yeah. there's every possibility just, uh, Taylor might be... Because he's, he's, do, he's doing uh, Deceased 2 and he's doing Suicide Squad. Now, that's two DC books, at least ongoing for a little bit. Um, so hopefully this means that Taylor will be more in the camp, DC camp. I, w- I would say lock him in for an exclusive, but I want him to keep doing Star Wars books. He can be exclusive. I'm okay with that. <laughs> I'm A-okay with that. Give him... Yeah, because all of those, his... I, I do, as much as I like uh, uh, Pack and uh, Hauser, I do think the Taylor ones in the, the Resistance were, the best. were a little bit better. Yeah, he's, he's very good at one-shots. Like, it's like... He it takes a special kind of out that, yeah yeah like and that's not to say his his you know issue to issue stuff you know his, his arcs aren't aren't good as well but from the stuff that we've seen thus far i mean look at that detective comics we just read 
you know yeah i mean i'll yeah. stand by it tom taylor for detective comics when when uh yeah. tomasi's done or hell kick him off soon like <laughs> no, no need to yeah. wait oh, let, let tomasi ride out the rest of the year do his his uh, and then start in 5g bring in taylor oh uh, sure yeah but I, anyway. i'm down for like a, a taylor tynan on a batman and tech but, but we'll see i mean it depends i mean who's batman at that point is it you know like who cares yeah. taylor yeah. will make it shine no matter what Oh sure, yeah. but I'm saying I also would quite like you know Bruce Wayne Batman from Taylor. So we can I start before Dick then. Grayson Batman from Taylor. I would take Dick Grayson Batman from Taylor too. That is true. I I will take any Batman from Taylor. I'm quite happily. Oh yeah, Jason Todd, sure, really. In in Taylor, we trust. Oh, okay, all right. Battle for the Cow by Tom Taylor. I'm in. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you can basically that could be anything by Tom Taylor, and I'm there. Yeah. Sure, 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 sure. All right, Matt, what are you rating Suicide Squad, number one? I'm going to give this an eight. It's super solid. Uh, but yeah. Connor? Uh, I'm going to give it a nine, just because I didn't expect to be able to care about a lot of these characters. There's so many new characters yeah. in the first issue, and I care about... Oceda rules. Exactly. Yeah, very distinct cast of, of characters. Um, yeah, I'm also giving it a nine. I thought it was a fantastic issue one. Um this week's off to a great start. Now, admittedly, the, stack, the, the deck was a bit stacked because Doomsday Clock was <laughs> in a Tom Taylor book, yeah. but like, we're off to a winning start. Now, admittedly, we are moving on to Batman 85 uh, by Tom King with art by Mikhail Yannin. Uh, the end of at least the main part of Tom King's run because obviously he's doing Batcat it's, next year, but uh, uh, this is the end of the main, main book line for him. It's his Rise of Skywalker. So the fact that I read this and then saw Rise of Skywalker, I was like, oh man. So we're, we're going to have some messes. Uh, I'm so glad it's done. Me too. I, 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 I don't like this. A lot of it just feels like we could have skipped huge I, chunks of this run. I like parts of it. I don't like a lot of it, though. You, there are... to, I'll tell you what it reminds me of. Um, the ending of How I Met Your Mother. In the yeah. sense that you nailed sure, it. these beats are great. They're fine. But you kind of just ignored like the last three years of, of character yeah. development of other stuff that just yeah. because you had this ending in mind, especially like, like the stuff with Gotham Girl. Like, yeah. you could basically go from the time we saw her back in like the, well, the, the 20s, whenever that was last time. <laughs> so, and then so to Gotham now. Girl belongs with Duke because they both suck. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. Also, did we ever really get any kind of like concrete idea of like what she meant when she said I, I destroyed Bruce Wayne or whatever she said back at the end of that? Like, no, it, it wasn't that she destroyed Bruce Wayne because there was no hint that it was that she was villainous at that point. It was, um, uh, you know, Bruce Wayne was going to would be dead, right, within like a year or whatever it was. And we never got there. No. Um, but there are parts of this that I, I really enjoy. The when we get to the end, and he goes, "Yeah, but you, you're not my father." I really like that. Um, that was a real good moment. But like, do, do you know? Here's, here's the thing. So during this issue, it's, it's cutting between the actual fight with uh, with Thomas Wayne, which is mostly Catwoman actually, who surprises him and yeah. kind of you know jumps him. But like it's going through, it's flashing around. You know, Bruce is in the bar uh, waiting for Selena, and it's got all the beats that it's going to. So he's with Gotham Girl. But one of the things that it keeps cutting to is various things with Catwoman where they're either, you know, uh, you know, being romantic or the bat signals up in the sky so they're going out and be on the rooftops as we've seen before. And they mul- and multiple times they bring up, should we still just get married? And they talk about when they can get married, can we just do it in the morning kind of thing. And I thought, yeah, I- I've been thinking for m- years, since issue 50, that the run will probably end with them getting married because it just makes narrative sense. Mm-hmm. 
And I just, the, the end of this is basically her saying, look, we don't really need to be married. We're always going to be together. And this is just the way it is. It feels like a bit of a, this feels like a bigger cop out to me than the actual wedding issue. It, it was the fact that they were like, let's go get married right now. And then it's like, then it cuts to, you know, the, they're in the bed the next one. They're like, oh yeah, I guess we forgot to get married. Oh, well. Well, I love that Judge Wolfman is a is a notorious drunkard because <laughs> they're going to catch him leaving the bar at 3 a.m. So Batman and Catwoman can get married. Um, yeah. But I, I but no, I like, I like vignettes in these. Like, I like that scene where they're in the bed together and they explain that. Like, I like, I, I realize that King does interpersonal moments a lot better than he does big, like these ideas. Like the city of Bane ultimately is nothing. Like city of Bane is only responsible for the death of Alfred. And other than that, it's, it's not because Bane's do, not even really the the real villain here. Joe like, is so weird about City of Bane is you could literally have had a tie-in miniseries actually going into yeah. how the city's operating during this because because that's been mostly ignored. It was a couple of glimpses here or there, but we could have totally had a miniseries that may have been really good actually of like yeah. showing the structure of the city and Bane being in charge and like what villains are doing yeah. what around the you know like. But we, it's fine because we had a, a million tie-ins to the wedding, right? <laughs> But yeah, that, that was part of the magic trick of them making us think that it was going off without a, a hitch, you know. Like, I'm not defending that. Yeah, I'm just saying, I'm not, I'm not defending it either. I'm just telling you. That I, I feel like just there's so much cop on this. Like you say, the, the, the wedding never actually happened. They were just like, eh, we don't need to. Psycho pirate just stands around and watches everything. Right. Bane was well, irrelevant. We get, <laughs> we get Scarface's eye. Which I don't, I still don't exactly understand how that works. Is my understanding of Scarface and Wesker is that Wesker's slightly telekinetic, and that um, and that one of his personalities is Scarface. So did this just prompt him to bring the Scarface personality back, or or what? Like, God knows. Yes. Like, who knows? Sure. I that was a. a, a <laughs> Catwoman holding the eye, or was it Batman? I don't know, but it was kind of funny. It, like, I got a chuckle out of it. See, um, there's a lot of well-written scenes in this, and like the yeah. scene where they decide that they don't need to get married is fine on its own out of context, right? Like that. If yeah. that if that scene took place in like issue forty-five, like when they were sort right. of thinking about getting married, and then they had this conversation, right. I'd be oh. completely okay with it. Uh, the problem yeah. is though, is that they had this wedding that didn't go through, but we're still dealing with the fallout of that, and we've been dealing with it for now like a year and a half or whatever it's been, and yep. like. And I was convinced after that issue 50 that, no, this run has to end with them, you know, getting married. That's where it has to go, really, to really make it all kind of click together. And, like, there was probably ways to not do it and still make it feel satisfying, admittedly. uh, Because, I'm you know, I'm not going to claim that I know every possible satisfying outcome of a story because I'm not a writer. But this specific way where they just decide, nah, we don't really need to. Us being together kind of eternally uh, in the way we have been can just continue on. Because the problem with that is that it makes it feel like nothing has really changed since the start and, of the run. <laughs> and, and you could have, if they'd like just not addressed it here yet, we'd have gone, well, it's coming at the end of Batman Catwoman, right? Yeah. And, and we got, okay, fine. Now, if they do it in that book, it feels like just extra cheap because of this. See, I don't think it, well, Batman Catwoman, I think, is definitely going to be, well, we know Phantasm's involved, right? From, from yeah. art mm. and whatnot. So I definitely think it's going to be about their relationship and how they work together and, and whatnot, and, and not so much about the marriage. I feel this puts the marriage to bed because 
he gives her a ring, sure, but you know they're not going to be the typical married couple, um, and, and whatnot. But no, um, like people saying, there, there's a lot of good scenes in here. I just wish it it had the feeling of this thing because again, the whole city of Bane stuff, all of the nightmares, like the the them going in uh, in Hawaii. And having that little layover and whatnot, like it all feels so disjointed, and it could have been done better. Like I, I think the problem is, like I say, you know, these scenes individually are well written enough. It's just that in context, I just I didn't care. It, it felt like well, it was just meaningless. Like I was going right. through the motions of ticking boxes of this is how we end this run. Yeah. Well, and I also feel like like Flashpoint Batman became a last minute. Like I know they started seeding stuff in the button and whatnot, but I feel like we should have had more of him in here, you know. Because if this was his whole plan was to keep him from being Batman and and whatnot, like I don't know, it just all feels like last I, minute. I, I mean, if I if I was to critique the run as a whole, I think like King occasionally early on, and these issues tend to be very good, where he would break away from the regular arc and he would do like the little one or yeah. two parters where it would be more like he's been doing recently where it's jumping around time and it's sort of playing right. with the structure and they'd be and they were typically well received by us like we were all usually pretty positive in those early days with those issues yeah. mm-hmm. the problem is is he started doing that basically with every story uh after a certain right. point the, the same trick over and over and it loses its appeal uh if it you does. just keep doing it and i think city of bane uh, I mean, maybe not even this. I think this last issue could have still done it this way to, to wrap up the ending because it was sort of doing a bunch of different things. But, but you I think, didn't care anymore. But the main story no. of City of Bane, the point I'm making is that that's the main part of the story should have become more traditionally sort of straightforward and just to have to have the drama, have the suspense, have like the, the threat of the city being under siege, go a bit more conventional with some of the actual action stuff so that when we get to the ending, it feels like we've oh. really been building th- through it in it a normal like, way. I feel like Bane doesn't matter. Of course he doesn't. Like, yeah, and, and so you you call it City of Bane, and, and then he's and dispatched with the kid. That issue fifty. Yeah, yeah. So, um, and then for just all to be Thomas Wayne and stuff, that that's fine. You know, he's the secret big bad. But I, and then I just don't feel like what happens here was there. There wasn't enough. It's almost like the wedding again. Yeah. Like here it's it's the resolution of of Thomas Wayne. And, and I like what Bruce tells him where he's like, this is who I'm always going to be. I made this decision, but now I realize, you know, kids are dumb and stuff that you decide as a kid, isn't going to hold as an adult. And now I do this because I want to, not because I have to. And I like all of that. I like that sentiment out of Batman and for what it means with him going forward without Alfred and, and a fractured bat family. Um, but did we even need Thomas Wayne to do that? No. And I think, you know, on, on the, the structure thing in this issue, because it's so overdone in the last time, yeah. like 20, 30 issues, however long it's been since we've just, it felt like, you know, every oh. issue has been like that. I, it, it made the, the, the fight and anything that happened in that, I just didn't care. Like, I was yeah. like, whatever. I was just kind of skipping well, through those scenes. Ba- and then I, was, I was still reading it, but it, it was kind of yeah. weightless. Even well, any of the good dialogue in there, I was just like, then- oh, whatever. Well, and then you get to Thomas's epilogue, and and Bane murders him with a, a backbreak, right? Like that's because mm. he says he's done. And then I'm just like, well, he doesn't even get a fitting end. Like, I don't. Yeah, 
And, yeah. and I'm someone that I and like Bane as a villain, right? Like I, I argue with one of my friends and that he thinks Bane sucks. I was like, oh, he's, he's got moments like used properly. I don't feel like he was used properly this entire run. I like in theory Bane got to break a bat. At last, you know, it, it worked for him. Yeah, I, I think it, it was weird having that and then continuing the fight with Bruce after in the narrative. Like, yeah, yeah. why was that not I, the end? I will disagree that he's not been used well the entire run. I loved the Bane stuff early on. No, okay, the in the I, first, like, I, two arcs or whatever it was, that first three arc I, stuff. Yeah, I like that no, stuff. I, I hated the I Am Suicide stuff, but... Yeah, Matt um, always did. Stuff. Yeah, him, I Am Suicide and I Am... Sitting on, him sitting naked on a... Thing of skulls. Yeah, but I'm not just talking about that though. I'm talking about I am Bane that came yeah. after we actually attacked Batman well, and say. Okay, yeah. Let's yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fine. I like but that. I feel like all this, you know, because and that so if if that's all right, Bane comes back later, which is what we got in issue fifty, and you're like, oh, Bane. This is his revenge, right? For for the way he was kind of humiliated in, in City of Bane. This is him coming back now, and and yeah. and you kind of go, okay, that's what this run is. It's Batman. It's this is Bane's time to shine. His his big masterpiece and then nah it's, it's, it's just thomas don't worry about it bane's a chump again yeah it shifted focus um because i mean i've not i mean i say this every time we end up talking about this but i've not hated everything since the wedding issue because i really like that 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 jury duty uh arc yeah, mr and freeze so, uh, in in tynan's newsletter he talks about you know going in and reading batman and, and king's run and now it's coming to an end and that that's probably one of the strongest Batman stories he's read in the last couple years mm. was the Mr. Freeze. And I agree. Like, it's probably my favorite Tom King Batman story. Um, uh, I mean, like, I, I am obviously really excited for Tynan's run. I want to see what he does. Yeah. It's, it's nice to have some fresh, you know, just a fresh team on, on, on Batman, just to get, so we get a different Batman style of story. Yeah. Um, and I, I definitely I, couldn't recommend this run to anyone now, though. No. It's a hard sell. At this I'll point. recommend, I'll recommend the double date, because that was that uh, was fun. I mean, I'll well, recommend... this is the thing. I wouldn't recommend this run to someone just to read this run, but it's yeah. like it's like there's enough good in it that if you're a completionist who wants to just read the entirety of Batman, it's not one that I'd say you have to skip this because it's going to sure. destroy you. But if if someone goes, hey, you know, I, I, shall I check out Tom King's Batman? I'm you know, I, I'm, I'm kind of interested. I like a few other things that yeah. Tom King's written. I'd go. Probably not. Cherry pick a handful of stories. I'd, you know, the the, yeah. the the double day, the the jury duty. You know, I'd, I'd give them, you know, a couple of trades here or there. Stay away from nightmares. Yeah, uh, but I wouldn't no, tell no, them no. to read the entire run by any means. No, go go find the Porky special or the Elmer Fudd special. Yeah, that was that was a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, I can't say I recommend it. Like it's it is all and it, it ruined my poison ivy. That's really. Let's get down to why like <laughs> that poison ivy arc, which I forgot about until thinking about it. With thinking about this this run as a whole, and I was like, oh yeah, they I they had that, that weird thing just to set up the heroes in crisis, which now doesn't seem to matter. I hated that so, even at the time. If, if yeah, me too. Like, yeah, Pete, no, me Pete too. Defended, Pete enjoyed, it, I think, at the time. Yeah, I didn't hate I don't it at the time. Um, oh. Um, but I, I like obviously Heroes of Crisis has kind of colored it a little bit in hindsight. Yeah. So yeah. And I will say I did love the War Jokes and Riddles. That that is. Mm, that's good. That stuff. was probably right after the the Mister Freeze stuff. I would put that there. Oh, uh, those um, those two Kate Man issues in the middle of that as well. Yeah. It was yeah. yeah. It was real, real good. But yeah, the you know, um, Connor. Although it did give us one of my favorite Connor moments, which was the Joker. 
in the church. Oh, the cross. The, yeah. <sighs> so. What the hell? But yeah, I can't say. Um, you kind of zero-eared it. City of Bane kind of zero-eared it. So. I, I think it's interesting that both these two major runs from the last decade have turning points in the middle where you go, you know, maybe just stop there. Yeah, uh, I do. Yeah. I do think that, because even, even uh, Morrison says that, I do think that Batman's a character that benefits from not so long, long runs. I do think that it needs to be broken up almost episodic in that um, uh, to it. Well, I, as much as I love Morrison's run, there's parts of it in the middle where you start getting to the, you know, the Dr. Hurt stuff and it doesn't quite make sense. Um, Morrison the, not making sense. Azrael, yeah. With Azrael and then you have the all Joker prose issue. Yeah. You're like, what the hell, man? I get that you're taking risks, but, but yeah. Yeah, uh, it's a weird one. Um, hopefully, Titans run is fruitful, and if it is good, then hopefully long. Which I guess we should talk about the the three page epilogue. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, the Gilliam uh, March art is uh, a. Yeah. Yeah. Like, He's on at uh, least the first two or three issues of of the run. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is unfortunate, but it is what it is. Um. So, yeah, we got Joker. He's doing Joker stuff. <laughs> Yeah, pretty well, much. He, yeah, he's um, talking about that they you know. So he has two, these two goons putting razor wire in uh, in teddy bears. Yeah, they're like, hey, yeah. Superman just came out with his identity. Yeah. Maybe Batman's next. Maybe you should capitalize yeah. on your knowledge before it happens, and you know, and, and use it. And yeah. Joker's like, I'll do whatever the hell I want. Well, yes. he says, you know, punchline only works once. So you know, you can't you can't wind the the jack in a box if he's already you know. Flopping around, you can't put the movie back in the cushion. So I think this is all great writing from Tynan. Yeah. For Joker. Uh, so yeah, so it's implying that Joker knows who Batman is, and he's going to use that in some way. Well, he will, but he says that this is the final laugh. That that's the the set ender, right? Like he's approaching it like comedy. Um, yeah, it says and, the end is coming twenty twenty. So I mean, they're yeah. implying some sort of climatic thing, which will not be climatic because it's comics. But like, after, uh, well, I think this is one of those things where going into five G. It will be climactic for a while. Potentially right. last for you know a few years, which is as climactic as things can get in comics. Let's be honest. So we'll take right, 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 right. But yeah, as as he bashes the henchman that that brings that up into the teddy bear full of razor wire, and it's all very proper scary Joker, you know. Yeah. So yeah. it's a shame the art just ruins it all, but <laughs> it, it does. I we, we don't like Gillum March's art, but his Joker is is Ooh, what hideous. a chin. Yeah, it's not good. I don't like it. I know, art's I subjective, I get it. it. it, it it's, uh, you know, I, I mentioned the chin there, but I, I can take the, the long chin joker. That's okay. Yeah. It's the big massive veins in the forehead. Mm. Yeah. Uh, it's, I don't know. It's it's There's no composure to this joker. Yeah, I mean, it is interesting because we just got Suicide Squad number one. We're getting a new run in Batman starting next month. I mean, there is kind of a, a, some refreshing going on. There's, there's some new things starting. Obviously, the Hell House stuff just started recently, and we've been kind of digging that. So, uh, But anyway, uh, that's Batman 85, end of Tom King's run with an asterisk that there's also a mini coming yeah. uh, soon. But uh, Matt, what Which, oh, I was going to say, the, the Batcat stuff, if it hits more of that interpersonal stuff, mm-hmm. then I, I'm, I'm going to be okay with it. Yeah, I mean, if, if we yeah. get the first issue and it's narratively jumping back and forth, I'm out. Yeah. 
Yeah, I agree with Connor there. Well, I don't actually mind if it's jumping back and forth, but if it's more so, if if it feels more contained, like a Mister Miracle, yeah. where it feels more focused and yeah. like I'll be fine if it's jumping around if that's just the format of the right. book. And, but... then, and here's here's the weird thing about Tom King is we're all stupidly excited for Strange Adventures, right? Mm-hmm. Like, yep. So we still think we just you know we just thought of him on Batman. Yeah. So yeah, nothing against Tom King, but. You know. And Heroes in Crisis did not help. Uh, no, not Harry. at all. Heroes, Heroes in Crisis might be my least favorite story. Heroes in, in Crisis is the first DC event I haven't finished in God knows how long. Yeah. So I, I would be very curious to see, like, I don't know, like just like hopefully, hopefully it's more Mister Miracle and not uh, his recent yeah. stuff, all the stuff. But right, uh, so, crisis. Matt, we give him Batman eighty five. Uh, I'm I'm gonna give this because there are parts that I do like. I think I'm gonna give it a, a man. This is this is a tough one. Um, I guess I give it a seven. The art's really good. Janet's art's good, uh, but it, it is kind of a mess. So, yeah, I go seven. I was gonna give it a six point five, but I upped it. Car, I'm going to give it a five because while the the scenes are perfectly well written on, on their own internal logic. Uh, I'm just uh, the the context and the weight behind it is just not there, and it kind of makes it feel kind of meaningless, even though it's objectively not badly written. Yeah, I'm kind of about a five as well. To be honest, I feel just kind of indifferent mm-hmm. to it. Uh, well, I, then fine, change mine to a six point five. <laughs> <laughs> I just I feel really indifferent to it, which is a shame because uh, like there was a time when this run was one of the best things happening i mean even go back to our annual last year we were st- batman was still in contention for one of the best books of the year I don't yeah know if we it was it, but it, it was up there it, the it, nightmares it, happened uh, night, nightmares definitely i think nightmares is definitely the weakest part of the run like, i think nightmares easy. is is the that's the straw that brought the camel's back right there, there mm. are things yeah. before that that we didn't like but that's right. the point where you go i'm done yeah. well we weren't done we still read it all you know what well, I mean? Yeah, but... In your mindset. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, all right, that's Batman. Well, I'll take us on to Justice League 38. Scott Snyder writing with uh, Jorge Jimenez and Daniel Semper on art. I still had Francis written in there from the last one. So I had Francis Jorge Jimenez, which I'm like, that's not a person. Uh, so... <laughs> I mean, it could be, but just not uh, the artist. Yeah. So... Yeah, Justice League 38, which I mentally, I said a lot of really negative sort of things about Justice League earlier. I actually think this issue is pretty focused and therefore better than... Like, I think, yeah, uh, you know, this is the penultimate issue and it ends kind of with the exact sort of hopeful moment that the penultimate issue should have before it, it goes into the final like issue. It's the penultimate issue, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, and that's fine. I mean, I, I was ready for this penultimate issue like four issues ago. <laughs> but other that, than that... That's fair, but that's, that's kind of a different complaint, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, yeah. But this issue, for the most part, um, I was fine with. And again, because like I feel like I'm constantly nitpicking at Snyder stuff, which makes it sound like I hate everything he does, and I don't. I'm just I'm constantly yeah. frustrated because I feel like it, a lot of it doesn't have the weight that it should. Because it like I, I described it on Twitter today actually as he throws in the he always throws in the kitchen sink no matter what without earning it is how I describe Scott yeah. Snyder's writing uh, with mainline DC stuff recently. But anyway, uh, so. Uh, obviously, just League have just sort of shown us to sign a strength. You've got, uh, uh, you know, Shane with uh, Miss Martian trying to like sort of psychically like inspire hope around the world and justice, and that's changing the symbol in the sky. Um, and they're not f- strong enough to do it alone. Yeah, and no. as much as it's kind of just like a really contrived formula here, I did actually kind of enjoy like the Justice League members one by one trying to fight Lex. As much as I hate Apex Lex, in fact, the worst thing about this book is the stupid tongue. 
the stupid yeah. reptile tongue i hate with a passion even though i love uh, it i love gerald jumping on his face and be like all right dad you know what is it he says Do uh lay the smack down i think he says bring, bring the smack bring down. the smack down yeah, yeah. uh that, that well, was fun I, but yeah and but you got to be reminded that he's still a shapeshifter you know so it's a gigantic tongue he is so um, it's not it, it it's there's no internal logic breaking uh, i get what pete's saying though it's like uh, yeah. just because right um, yeah. I, just, I, just, yeah. I mean I, I, I've, I've hated apex, apex lex this whole time so this is just another yeah. like and, visual well, from him and, that and i'm like oh we're gonna get a face off between face f face f face off between apex lex and batman who laughs for who does peter hate more uh. <laughs> <laughs> whoever wins we lose i um, mean well i mean we'll but, get we'll get to hella risen and all that uh, later yeah, but yeah so so um, but my favorite moment in this book, of course, is a Superman moment when he punches Apex Lex well, he's, through buildings. He's saved for last, of course, because he, he goes to the Justice League right. and he takes on each one of them one by one. And yep. then against a Superman. And I actually even thought, because Lex has a great line, but I actually even thought yep. when Superman punched him, like, hey, that's probably the first time he's ever punched him full force because he's Lex. He's always yep. been a human. So yeah. that's just kind of neat. And he's like, that's yep. what you not holding back feels like. Disappointing. <laughs> Yeah. I think that's actually a really great Lex line. No, it is. It is. That that feels like Lex. It is. Everything else doesn't, but it does. <laughs> but yeah, and so they keep going, and then you get you know uh, Kendra leading this charge where they're um, Miss Martian and Shane are trying to connect to everybody, mm-hmm. and um, but uh, it's still not enough, and so yeah, the, but- you know the Trinity take take Apex Lex down. Yeah, the pig. Um, uh, Perpetua shows up. All hope seems lost. Yeah. But Shane takes it upon himself to right. go into Lex. So he goes into Lex's right. mind and essentially sacrifices himself so that uh, and he's I mean, in his head, Jean looks young. So it's like young kid Jean. Right. But he's like, no, Jean, you have to go out there because you're strong enough to use your powers to help everyone. Yep. And I'll stay in here. And the yep. final. I thought that was a nice touch of uh, you know bringing back stuff from earlier in the run with uh, young yep. Jean, and also kind of giving Shane this this sacrificial moment and, and giving his shot back yet not not ruining apex likes in the sense of it doesn't just make an easy win you know apex likes right. still exists as apex likes which i know pete probably doesn't like but i feel like right. they have to well, at least earn the victory at this point yeah right. so, the, so the final page is, is jean's back he's like i'm the martian manhunter big font uh i guess that's his logo but i mean he doesn't really have a consistent font so <laughs> like i don't really yeah it's just kind of whatever it's it's the logo as it is now yeah. i'm sure because yeah, if this was like superman it'd be the superman logo font and we'd all recognize it and go yeah. that's the superman font but this is like okay yeah. i guess this is what jean's got right well, same, now same with batman it looks real gothic yeah yeah you know, yeah uh, uh, wind yeah. as well yeah the wings coming out. starzy yeah yeah green lantern's got but a yeah, font Fl- flash's got a f- you know they've all got their font that we associate with yeah. them and this probably is much matters that that it, yeah. it was probably on that book that he's just had. Yeah. Um, but we just don't see it often enough to know. Yeah. No. So, so I thought it was a tight issue. It, it was really simple. It was just them trying to take on Lex. Uh, they, they're, they're failing, and ultimately Shane gets John back, which is kind of our final moment yeah. of hope before the, the last issue. So I thought this was a, you know, as much as I hate the Lex tongue and stuff, uh, but all my complaints about Apex Lex are just how he exists already anyway. So this issue things, yeah. on its own, I thought was solid. Kind of like your complaints about Connor. <laughs> yes they're all ongoing although every so often you'll surprise me with a new one <laughs> well no because you said all your problems with apex lesser that he exists <laughs> like connor connor got it 
I did. Yeah. All right, fine. I, uh, I really like how Snyder's you know, putting Jean up on this pedestal here after so many years yeah. of Jean being kind of shafted in terms of Justice League books. Mm-hmm. Well, it's like, yeah, no, and, and Jean is the key here. Well, yeah, and we, and we got that. I just remember in, in Blackest Night when he gets infected and John's writes him in a way that he goes, people forget that I'm stronger than it's, Superman. It's terrifying, yeah. Yeah, it's terrifying. And so we, we get to see him realize his potential here that he's been trapped. He's, you know unwittingly help cause all of this and now it's gonna you know now it's time for justice hopefully. but we know because of some other books that we read that um yeah honestly yeah, yeah that, this was like really deflated to me because uh we won't talk about the book yet but there's a cat as a you know an editor's note in in hella risen that says obviously this takes place after 38 and 39 right. of justice league and lex mentions a couple of times in that book that he defeated the right. Justice League, which implies that this doesn't have the happier ending that we were kind of expecting no. it to end with. <laughs> and um, Tynan actually spoke about this in his newsletter, and he said, you know, um, for whatever reason, the editorial, they couldn't get it to line up, and it was really disappointing right. to him. Yeah, that kind of sucks. Uh, and it makes me kind of, I don't know, I feel really weird about the last issue of Justice League now. I'm like, well, I guess... It kind it, it, it kind of feels a little bit irrelevant in a, in an yeah, unfortunate yeah. way where like if 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 Hellarisen hadn't started till you know next month right we we could have started mm-hmm. it one month later and we could have had Justice League thirty nine come out uh, before it uh, just earlier in the month yeah and we could have had a probably genuine surprise that that the Justice League lost right I mean could could we have just like held this issue or not this issue but held uh, Hell Arisen back and just double shipped for one month after yeah. Justice League 39 Was that, would, would that have been possible just to yeah make it line up properly but I don't know I'm, I'm just uh, it's not like this, looking to see what he said it, it's not like this week was hurting for books is what I'm saying <laughs> yeah, yeah. T- t- what Tan said is you know the, the events of the issue follow 39 um, which is obviously coming out next month originally we wanted to line up with 38 but the um, so it was actually because they expanded the Justice Doom War by an issue. There was yeah. a, originally this was going to be the last issue, and they expanded that an extra issue, and this would already you know in motion by the time this had happened. It's <sighs> uh, frustrating. So it would have done it, but uh, yeah. Oh well, um, it was a solid. It was a solid issue. I mean, I, I can't really obviously Jimenez's art and Semper's art said. Uh, pretty solid a, as well the odd panel here or there yeah. that i think has some odd faces again i think we spoke about this last time i think uh like yeah. tim's face in uh, that panel where kendra's leading the charge with a bunch of heroes mm-hmm. tim has a bit of a strange demented grin going on yeah um i'll I will say this kind of like um the art is definitely the weakest so far of the books we've talked about but kind of an unfair though because the other books have had some great art, so it's not like this is bad. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm not saying this is bad. This is pretty solid for the most part. It's just it's, yeah. it, it kind of sticks out as just being it's fine. It's fine art. Yeah, <laughs> no, I agree with that. Where where the three books? Because even Batman, which we know we're not super positive on, Yannin, Yannin's arts, you know, it's very good. Yannin, right? He bring, he brings his A game except um, when he gets crosses. But uh, yeah, so uh, what are you rating just sleep, Matt? I'm gonna give this a seven point five. Connor, yeah, seven point five for me as well. Yeah, I'll give it 7.5. I think that's fair. 
<laughs> Fair for this one. Uh, so that's just the that is Batman Superman number five. Again, we're putting this before Hell Arisen because obviously it can, this kind of leads to Hell Arisen too. Uh, so this is Joshua Wilson writing with David Marquez on the art. And uh, or the art's back up a little tick again because Marquez yeah, is fantastic. Marquez is, is pretty great, yeah. I yeah. mean, this is a great week overall for our... Well, you know, the, the three books we already mentioned, uh, Marquez, it, we, we had Harleen this week. Yeah, obviously we'll get to that in uh, next episode. Well, that'll but... be part two. But in t- in terms of actually released this week in in great artists, yeah, yeah. So the art's gorgeous, which is good because I think this issue suffers a little bit from mostly just being one big group fight. Um, yeah. Oh, Matt, yeah, you oh, Matt. Um, because you know it's it's them fighting the the secret six and having various you know there's moments where you know like Batman yells out in Kryptonian to get the. The, that's pretty cool. The beast thing to sort of attack him. Open. Yeah, um, that's fine. And like you know, like the, the Superman and Batman deal with this big satellite thing. I, what did they call it last issue that made me laugh? I forget. I don't know. I don't I know. know. It was something silly, but anyway, it doesn't matter. Uh, and Superman sees like the dead Justice League from the Batman who laughs Earth, including like yeah. himself with his family. And that's yeah. I actually think that's one of the best moments of the book. Is is yep. that part of oh, sure. Superman just on his knees breaking down, seeing that, yeah. even though it's not his family. You know, his his family are no. fine. Just seeing it. Yeah, that's really good. Joe, do, right. do, do I really can hear actually uh, the the pitch after that? There's a shot of uh, uh, Shazam and Supergirl. Um, mm-hmm. or whatever silhouettes. silhouettes with the, the symbols little. yeah yep. but what I like about it is actually the texture on the black it's not just mm-hmm. solid black it's got like a kind of like it's almost as if it's a like, a starry effect do you know I'd almost describe it as I'd almost describe it as like a printing that's kind of worn out a little bit intentionally yeah uh, yeah that's, right? that's a good word um, but it gives it this kind of texture that gives it a, a feel that I, I, I really like actually yeah. so also I just realized remember we got a question of who well you know Team ups and stuff for, mm-hmm. that you'd like to see, and one of my go tos was was Kara and Shazam. I just realized that Williamson gave us Kara and Shazam, <laughs> albeit they're dark and twisted. Te- technically, yes, you did get it. Yes, yeah, so that, that's right. But um, and there's that great full pitch spread after this where he's got both of them <laughs> by the neck, like you know. I, and Kara honest, looks terrified. I am. Um, I, I forgot it. how top tier this art was. Yeah, until like, I'm, you know, I'm flinging through it now. I've, I've read this one of the earlier books, right? Obviously, I, yeah. I needed to read it before Hell Arisen and such. Right. And I'd, I'd kind of forgotten that, yeah, man, there's some great looking pages in this. And so, yeah, so basically, the Batman he last has, you know, he sent in his marching orders from, from his jail in, in the Hall of Justice, but he, uh, through, through the commissioner. But it's, it's basically keep Superman occupied with. King Shazam and, and yeah, Black which, which eventually, which eventually Batman realizes, and Batman actually right. pulls out the Scarab from Blue Beetle because Jaime's the one who's infected. The Scarab itself isn't, right. so he pulls out the Scarab, and we see yep. Batman kind of going all you know, Blue Beetle esque. It's, it's kind of a shame we don't see him go full Beetle. Yeah, he's got like the yeah. one arm and like one, sh- you know, he's off, he's and around half of his head. Yeah, it's definitely implanted into you know the the back of the neck yeah. where it usually yep. is. So basically, they deal with the the big device that he's got. But this is all a distraction so that the team can go to the Hall of Justice and basically break out uh, you know, the, the yep. final, well, not even the final page, but they, they get to the, the the cell and there's just a big ha written on the wall um, and he's out. The Batman Who Laughs oh. is out. Uh, I kind of like this in theory. So do I. Well, I like did oh, sure. too, and with, with the commissioner, you know, where he's talking about, you know, I've seen a lot in my time. And this is this is the strongest I've ever been. Yeah. Because now I just I, don't care. Out of all, I like all that. Out of all this stuff, uh, which is building to Hell Arisen, I definitely have liked Batman Superman way more than any of the other Year of the Villain stuff. Like, um, 
I think I've been enjoying stuff like Hawkman um, more, yeah. personally. But oh, uh, I like a bot. That's not, yeah, that's not to say it's been, been bad yeah. by any means. Yeah, uh, we see Batman and Superman like, basically kind of telling all the various like families. You know, we see uh, Superman just with Crypto, <laughs> telling Crypto about oh. Kara. Uh, and we see, uh, you know, the, the Titans getting told about Donna Troy and so on. And they're on their way. And the final page is them going to tell Wonder Woman. And Wonder Woman is going to be pissed. The one that I rely on these the, you know, panels that we're talking about is uh, Superman going to the Shazam family mm-hmm. and yeah. just seeing the, the the burning Shazam logo in the city. Yeah, yep, that's pretty good. Yeah. Pretty good. So, no, I mean, uh, like, I guess I saw this issue of the book. I think it just suffers a little bit from, like, cause after I read it, because I, I read a few, because there's a lot of books this week, I started reading, you know, yeah. making a point of reading on Wednesday. And yeah. I had to skim a few of them again. And this was the one that I was struggling. I was, like, trying to remember what happened in it, and I couldn't remember until I skimmed it. Uh, and I think it's because it is mostly just one big fight. And it's a lot of setup, isn't it? Yeah, it's not bad. It it, it flows, and it's uh, and I think if you're gonna do one big fight, you better have a damn good artist. And it's, yeah, it's very pretty. It's a very pretty book. So, uh, I, I, yeah, don't take this as a complaint because it's really solid. So, uh, that's Batman Superman number five. Um, Matt, we giving it? Oh, I'm gonna give us an eight, eight point five. I'm gonna give it eight point five. Mm-hmm. I really liked it. Mm. Connor. Um, I was going to give it a 7, but then looking at the art, I'm actually going to bump that up to a 7.5. Yeah, I will give it... I'll still give it a straight 8, I think. Um, I'll give it a straight 8. I, I think it, like, when I actually read it again, it actually is pretty good. It's just... Yeah. It's for, you know, maybe it's just a case of having too many books or whatever, but that's... It could be you know, expectations as well. Yeah. You expect so much. It's just a fight scene, but on that second, you know, when you're kind of rereading it, essentially, and you know what it is, yeah. you get more enjoyment out of it. Yeah, which will take us on to care the main event of these, because obviously the Justice League, Batman, Superman, in this order, because we're kind of building to year of the villain, even though, um, I mean, I think arguably Batman, Superman does perfectly line up, because he just got out, yep. uh, so it yeah, kind of lines yeah. up with this, but obviously Justice League doesn't. But this is year of the villain, uh, Hella Risen, issue one, James Tynion the fourth, and Steve Epting. Uh, although and notably, I, ca- can't be- I can't believe that when I was talking about great artists uh, yeah. this week, I didn't mention Epting. Yeah, notably um, on Comicsology, this is actually called Justice League, Hella Risen, issue one, and I don't know if why, but like everywhere else is calling it year of the villain, Hella Risen, issue one. But just yeah. for the record, yeah. um, um, just on the art from the start, um, uh, Nick Filari is the the colorist on this. I'm- this isn't Epting's usual colorist, right? I don't think so. this, it feels different. Yeah, because so when I forgot it was Epting, and then I went back and was like, oh yeah, it, it is him. But yeah, it feels a little bit off. It, it, I think, I think it's because it's so bright. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it, it, it starts off with being a year ago, and the Batman Who Laughs tries to, to infiltrate LexCore R&D, and, you know, Lex is, is there, and... Um, you know, this starts off as hints at their conflict to come. Yeah, this is kind of lined up with the early Justice League stuff, actually. Yep. yep. And so, you know, basically he says that the Batman who laughs is just like, um, you're not going to kill me. You're too smart for that. I came here because, you, wait, you came here because I wanted to see how much I already, you already knew. So he's kind of hinting at that Lex is already going to be, you know, the, the stuff with the totality and, uh, and, and all of that, but... yeah. And we we get uh, Earth three here. This is kind of what we we're referring to earlier, where uh, we see Ultraman, you know, you know, making a speech. You go back to the, the crime syndicate, and they're basically they're aware that Perpetua is incoming, and because of who they are, they're like, oh, we want to like cozy up to her, and like, you know, yeah. But here's the thing: is that she is the 
queen of the multiverse in in the Harbinger of Doom. She ain't the Batman who laughs though. Like I, I she comes to Earth three and sees how messed up it is. I don't think she's gonna see that it's because of Doom, right? Because Doom still has this self-preservation kind of behind it. It's you, not necessarily evil. You might be right. And I think that might be yeah. you know the crime syndicate not understanding that. Exactly. And so that's what I like. So they're doing all these big acts of of destruction. Like Ultraman's like, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to... And this this is another thing that cracked me up. You know, uh, him, him trying to kill as many people as possible by aiming for large buildings at the bottom. And seeing how much destruction he can get, mm. you know, because that's something that Ultraman does and not Superman, you know, mm. takes out large buildings without a care. Yeah, he wants to rack up uh, some kills for points. He wants points from the yeah. big evil overlord. And and, and Owlman has has dropped a, a psychoactive into the Gotham Reservoir that's making the people of Gotham, you know, go crazy. It's like a rage virus kind of deal. The murder rate's yeah. up one thousand percent or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, so. Yeah, basically, they'll make a deal and she sends them back to their Earth to sort of, you know, prepare for me and yeah. whatever she says. Um, uh, but, you know, Lex is given an army of Apex drones, predators, whatever they're called. Yeah, I don't predators. Know. Yeah. Um, and he's back to Earth Zero. He's back to the regular Earth. Uh, and, of course, Batman Who Laughs has got Rip Hunter uh, captured. Yeah, yeah this, this has got some really interesting stuff given what we learn in Doomsday Clock. Yep. Yes. Um, um, Rip Hunter. You know they talk about that. What what Perpetua's done has broken hypertime. Yep. And uh, and hypertime is this concept where, if you want to explain how things happen in continuity, you know how the, you know Superman can be around for so long but still you know have aspects from the seventies, eighties, nineties, and it's, it's because of hypertime, you know, and that was a key to to the whole zero hour stuff in the nineties. Yeah, you know, with with parallax and uh, monarch and and all of that type of stuff. Um, so the fact that it's broken now means like this is it. This is the point in time that basically it's the perfect time to attack. Yeah, and just to go back to you know what what Doomsday Clock was teasing because um, I think it's relevant here. Yeah, is it talks about oh you know the, there's the crisis that fixes time you know uh, the yeah. way time works in the DC universe essentially and. Um, if that's maybe fixing hype time or replacing it, I can see that being the outcome of this upcoming crisis. And I say upcoming, uh, the monitor tells us, oh, the crisis already started uh, yeah. in, in this issue. It's, it's yeah. already begun and we just haven't realized it. Yeah, yeah so, we're, we're, we're at crisis level. So Lex so, goes to his, uh, goes, goes to the, the museum or whatever and he, he uh, basically gets intel in like, what the Secret Six is and he's looking at them. And they, of course, show up and attack him and he takes, on, takes them on kind of... You know, he's like, and this is kind of where he drops. Oh, I took on the Justice League, blah blah blah. You know, he's, you know, he's really there to kind of rub that in. Um, and Batman laugh shows up uh, on the screens and kind of, you know, lays down uh, a bit of a gauntlet. And I have to admit, I did kind of like the final line of this 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 book. Batman wins. Yes, because he says, and spoilers, and you turn page. Batman wins. So the Secret Six are sort of standing in front of Lex t- to take him I, on. I kind of love the idea of. The evil Batman here co-opting in, you know, the, because Batman. Yeah. Like that kind of works. So I like it, and I'm rooting for Lex. Of course you're rooting for Lex. <laughs> so I, I, I hate that this is still Apex Lex. You know, like, yeah. this, this, like, I think this is better written than the recent issues of Justice yeah. League. I think it flows quite well. 
Um, but I have to admit, this mini for me is mostly about, yes, let's get rid of all this stuff and it, end it all. It, the mini itself, I'm not that excited by because I know it's just part, this is part of the road to crisis of whatever, whatever, you know, uh, time, time master, road to time right. master. Uh, that's what this is, and and I think in you know in a couple of years we will have that kind of be an official designation. Yeah, because Rip says here that time's not set anymore. Yeah, and that, that uh, plays into in Doomsday Clock. So yeah, well, I mean you know, they've, they've already announced there's, there's a mystery free comic book day issue that there always yeah. is. So that presumably is going yeah. to set up the summer event, which will likely be this yeah, crisis. This is going to yeah. finish in how many? This is four issues. Yeah, it's March. Right? So this is going to finish in March. Yeah, because we got that solicit- usually May. Early May. May first, first Saturday May. Yeah, so probably I, I, I'm going to see the the crisis start in June or July and finishing by the end of the year, maybe. Yeah, I think June. Um, yeah. Hell, it could even be the end of May. Like it could be like here's your preview thing at start it of could. May. I, I think it, it really depends on how they want to announce this because obviously with the way the solicits work, um, depends how close they want to leave it till that free comic book day to announce stuff. Yeah. yeah so yeah i mean this is just fine uh, i think it's, it's solid enough um it's weird that it's playing with you know batman who laughs i think it's a fine concept but he's been overused and then apex lex i fly out this like but bizarrely it's fairly well written and everything it's building it kind of works seems when fun. you throw them together against each other doesn't it oddly oddly it's, it's one of these things where i'm not super excited about any of the concepts in the book itself but it's pretty enjoyable to read but I'm excited that we're finally just ending this year of the villain crap and we can move on from it. Oh, yeah. That's the best part of all this. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm glad to end year of the villain. Yes, I'm, I stand by it. Uh, so, yeah, we'll see, we'll see where it goes. I, I was expecting uh, more, more Dark Multiverse stuff, but it does seem to be teasing that for, for soon. I'm sure we'll get to it. Because uh, Perpetua brings up the Dark Multiverses in this and says, mm-hmm. hey, we need to deal with us or whatever yeah even she doesn't like the dark multiverse because she's like it's it's a corruption of of my multiverse and it should not exist and yeah yeah so, i mean we could see the anti-monitor has become the world forger yeah right? that, that's scary well we're, we're going yeah. to get to a point where we're going to form some sort of like dark justice league made up of all these dark multiverse rejects yeah. <laughs> to take on yeah, perpetua this, this is where the um the the uh the dark multiverse one shots are going to come into play yeah, so- uh Tempest Fujinot is going to go collect some of those. Uh huh. Hmm. So yeah. it'll be Gaia. It'll be. We'll Blue definitely Beetle. have the Gaia. Um... Beetle. Super yeah. Lois. Super Lois. Um, yeah. Uh, Lobo uh, or Sinestro? I forget who survived the. Yeah. The the black and blackest night. Who survived uh, Nightfall? Who was the Who was at the end of that? The, he was, was the, the, the Nano Batman. Son of Bane, yeah, okay. No, no, no. It was uh, the 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 headless Batman, or the, the bodyless Batman. Remember, they gave him the nanotech. Oh, you're right. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Son of Bane was yeah. there as well, though, right? Yeah, he, yeah. I, I don't. Yeah, but he wasn't the. If if you're gonna collect, it's gonna be the the nano Batman. Oh, they might take both. Who knows? Yeah. You know the um. So, um, but yeah. So uh, I'm looking at all those. That's a pretty formidable team when you look at them all. Yeah, uh, but do do they fight on Batman Who Laughs Side? Because they seem like I don't see them being. I don't know. They're all very Batman Who Laughs of themselves. You know what I mean? Like, they don't seem to ta- want to take orders. So mm. maybe they're just the wild cards. Mm-hmm. Maybe I 
I don't know, but this is definitely where they're going to pop up. I, I, yeah. I'm fairly sure of it. So, yeah. Uh, yep, there you go. That's you're the villain. Hell of an issue one. Uh, we'll see how that plays out. Matt, what are you giving it? I'm going to give it a seven point five. Connor. Yeah, seven point five as well. It's it's pretty enjoyable. I uh, will give it a straight seven. So. There you go. Hello, Risen, issue one. Uh, which will take us on to a new Black Label book this week. Wonder Woman, Dead Earth, issue one. Daniel Warren Johnson, uh, both writing and doing the art. Uh, so another oversized book. This is a post-apocalyptic world uh, where Diana wakes up after being in cryosleep or whatever uh, after a long stretch of time. Uh, and wakes up in a post-apocalyptic Gotham. She's in the Batcave. Uh, this group of characters sort of stumble into her because uh, they're hiding from like a beast. There's been mutations, you know, in the post-apocalyptic yeah, world. Uh, yeah, they think there was a nuclear fallout uh, event, but they don't actually know for sure. Well, they say it's been so long ago that it's all kind of hearsay and just kind of yeah, legend now. Yeah, and the people who did live and survive and, and knew what happened refused to write it down or really share the story properly because it was too horrific. Which we may get, we may get like more of that later. We may get more reveals, but um, yeah. Joe, what's so fair about this is that like at the start of the almost at the very start of the book, because I knew very little about this before I started reading it. Uh, and w- as soon as it started, and she woke up, I went, "Is Themyscira okay? Can she go to Themyscira?" So in, I actually I kind of chuckled, not bad in a bad way, but I, I chuckled at the end when the end of the book is her turning around saying, "No, there's a place where we can go. Like there's a place that should be okay, and that's Themyscira." Which means it's almost definitely not, right? Pro- yeah, pro- very probably. Uh, but this issue is basically them finding her and one of them dies uh, one of them does her best to like sort of help um, she takes one of Batman's belts and like some old armor and stuff and kind of like does a makeshift kind of outfit goes with these these younger sort of scavengers who we find out uh, are kind of ruled by this kind of overlord dude uh, I think kind of like a like not not, not like the exact same type of character, but like in The Walking Dead, how you'd have these factions, you may have someone like Negan who's like in control. Here you've got this guy who wants like offerings and will just take a woman and his wife because he wants to yeah. and, and things like Obviously, that. I think a better example would have been um, for Mad Max Fury Road. Sure, okay, yeah, that's a fair, yeah. fair comparison. Um, and but these kids, even though they're, they're kind of decent people for the sounds of it, they they kind of they. they syringe wonder woman and kind of hand her over as, as an offering and Wonder woman does forgive them though and she's like sort of made to fight in gladiatorial combat essentially uh with probably the most contrived part of the book which is the the, the beast she ends up fighting is actually a uh mutated cheetah <laughs> yep and uh, which which tells us that okay maybe it hasn't been ridiculously long or maybe cheetah can just live longer who knows i do I, I do like the design of this mutated cheetah though because the, the actual head is on her arm and then her face has got this big sort of like, it's almost like the joker smiled all, only on one side it, it kind of looks like doomsday though right because it's like with the bones protruding out yeah but it's like her teeth it's like this extended yeah. mouth going up the side of her face but only on one side it's kind of an interesting design um but these beasts attack this camp. Uh, the only thing I didn't really like about this part of it really was just that uh, oh, they've got this many people to fill an arena to watch this fight. That feels a bit yeah, weird. I mean, but... to be fair, it did tell us oh, this is like one of the last cities. So it makes sense that they'll congregate here behind these big stone walls. So but I was he... like, okay, I'll buy it. These beasts come charging in. The guards are having trouble. Of course, when they get in, Wonder Woman uh, starts fighting them. Uh, it essentially turns the tide to victory. So everyone kind of like falls in line with her. Uh, she throws the, the former leader uh, in her old cell and this is where she makes a big speech about going to Themyscira and that's kind of where the, the story leaves off um, I thought this flowed quite well I think you know for a book that's like you know triple page count <laughs> versus it's, a regular I think issue it's like, 
44 pages of story or something like that yeah, it, um, it reads pretty quickly because it doesn't overword the, the thing the thing there's was, was, was very few pages where i felt there's a lot of text there was a lot of like really just that will tell it in the uh, art. one of those examples where this is you know the, the writer and artist are the same person and they know exactly what they want to achieve with their art and they know exactly whether or not they're achieving that and if they need extra dialogue or not yeah so it because you know it's this journey with these kids we kind of get to them a little bit um and they are i'd say they are good it's not necessarily my favorite style of art but i think i think it's very consistent in yeah i think there are people here who will hate this art and because of the style it's very it's it's very different to you know some of the stuff yeah um, that's so i i started reading it i need to, to finish it and uh i saw the page count and crunch for time but i was not enjoying the art from the I, pages i, I read personally i was really into it i think yeah. it's the i think i think it's the colors that really help um get me into it here i don't know if he's doing his own colors as well or someone else doing that um but uh no uh, mike spicer doing the colors i think that, that it does a great job of kind of bringing it to life for me yeah um, I, it was very it was one of those things where like i would never necessarily pick this for like an incontinuity wonder woman book or even an incontinuity any dc book really but for its own kind of world this is the sort of art i expect on like an image book that's like creator owned and it's just set in this own world and that's all it is but for lack of a bit, you know, that's, that's essentially is, even though it's, you know, coming from it, a DC It's, it's playing with, with Wonder Woman, sure, but yeah. it is essentially a creator-owned story in the in the sense of, just do what the hell you want. We don't care. So, um, I don't know, it was that bad, though. Like, I was kind of, like, it, it, it's just, it's, we're at this point now where we've got so many of these Black Label books where, and some of them are so high quality, that this does feel kind of, of like, more middle of the pack, but middle of the pack yeah. for this is actually really good at this I point. I actually agree with that. I think this is on the lower end of the scale of Black Label books that we've tried, but it's still really good. And, uh, you know, I had a blast reading it, and I, and I'm definitely intrigued to see more. Yeah, I want to read this shit too. And I, I feel like, you know, I didn't really know who Daniel Warren Johnson is, but all of a sudden... But I'm like, now if I see a book by him, yeah. I'll, I'll, I might check it out if it's got a premise I'm half interested in uh yeah i thought it worked i thought i thought it went in nice and quickly uh especially good given the page count and um you know did enough to make me kind of care about some of these new characters who are kind of struggling about the, the, the world and uh what other heroes will show up you know we, we know batman's dead we see his body mm. but you know where, where's superman what happened you know what, what are we gonna learn um why was diana in stasis in the Batcave? cave my, my yeah Is I feel, a clone? Well, I think maybe a clone oh maybe because uh, she does say she's weaker than she remembers she should be and she does have some amnesia she, I mean she remembers who she is and like who like Batman is and stuff but she doesn't remember why she was in the cryo sleep she doesn't remember why she was in there which may suggest clone especially given that she is again physically a bit weaker she's still strong but she's not as strong as she remembers being yeah. Um, I will I will say my guess right now would be that the catastrophe that, that did all this is probably one of the heroes like maybe superman himself something bad happened to him with maybe like a, a type of kryptonite or something and he, he he went supernova or something like that could have been yeah um, that, uh, that, that sun blast power that he has now yeah i i would guess something like that if not him maybe firestorm or you know he's another maybe yeah. obvious choice <laughs> like no uh, i'm with you it, it could have been like that um that wouldn't surprise me at all but all these things i'm interested to find out yeah so very intrigued and, and likewise superman could still be around somewhere potentially if he's not dead if he wasn't the one who caused the explosion 
But... Yeah, and and we don't really know what the rest of the world's like. We barely know what the rest of America is. is yeah, because like they, they they theorize that everywhere's like this, but they, they kind of point out that it's only where we have been we know is like this, which is not that not that much of an area really, because they're all walking. It's not like they're Gotham's just that much of a crap hole. <laughs> like you get to Metropolis and it's fine. <laughs> So I do. You know, I watched something recently. I don't. I can't even remember what it was with that exact kind of plot. Yeah, I'm sure I did. And well, it, it got it got to the end, and it was like, oh, oh, you poor bastards! You you yeah. think everywhere's like this? Yeah. There. Well, there was an episode of Futurama like that where Fry thinks that he gets frozen again and ends up in the future, and it's like a Mad Max like hellscape where kids rule, and then they come to find out that it's a week. They've only been asleep so, for four. Know what? 45 I know, minutes. I, I know what movie yeah. it was now. It's something what I watched. Was I won't I won't spoil it because if I you know now I, if I say yeah. the name. Right. It it was a movie from last year and yeah. uh it wasn't that good, I'll be honest with you. Um uh, well, it, it was something that, that um Pete I don't know if you saw it. We we definitely watched the trailer at some point though, so I'll tell you after if you're in, if you're still interested. All right. All right. But yeah, but no in, in Futurama ended up they were just in LA and that's what LA looks like in the year three thousand and whatever it was. So mm. it was pretty funny. Yeah, yeah. Um, so no, it has some good Woman beats because she's like, you know, she forgives the guy who locked her up. So like, oh, we'll still lock him up because he's dangerous. But like, no, like I'm, go- I'm still going to help you even though you turned on me because yeah. uh, all humans deserve uh, deserve grace. Was the I think yeah. phrase. So and this is every other month. So next yeah. issue's in February. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, which makes some sense. So uh, what you give it, Connor? I'm just gonna give this a straight eight. Uh, really enjoyable, solid. Yeah, I'll give it an eight as well. Uh, I thought it was pretty good. Um, so uh, that'll take us on to the final book of the week, which is another new Black Label book. Uh, so there was two Hell House books this week. We'll do the other one in the next episode. But this is uh, The Lolo Woods, issue one, with Carmen Maria uh, Mikado writing with Danny Strips on the art. So uh, Just credit as Danny in the book as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but... Uh, Comics all just told me Danny Strips, so you get. I know. More... I'm just saying. Generally speaking, though, this is how they're they're credited as in, in every press release. So I just thought, yeah, it's every time Pete but... defends himself, I just imagine that um, that 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 Will Ferrell character from SNL that yells, "You don't interrupt me!" Like, I can get behind that sentiment. That I, come. I yeah. get behind that sentiment. Yeah. Uh, so. Yeah. So this is our, our third Hill House book. This mm-hmm. is uh, set in a small town. Uh, that and I'd say like even more so than the other two this one kind of is more abstract and doesn't really make it necessarily clear what the actual horror story is going to be there's a couple of what the F moments towards the end uh, and one in the middle and there's one in the middle yeah. sure uh, with the, the weird deer like kind of creature thing uh, <laughs> yeah it, it's like a centaur but a deer yeah so it, 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 set, it sets up these yeah. two main characters this, this, this pair of girls V and uh L, L, yeah, and uh, it's mainly told from L's perspective. She's the one narrating the story, and they finally put a movie which was uh, Sea Dogs, which is the the backup, the backup. stories, yeah. which I thought which, was funny. Yeah, which I don't know if that's uh, quality when one of the other writers poking fun, yeah, at it. Um, but yeah, I, I do like the idea though that like that backup is actually a movie in this within yeah. like this universe for at least yeah. one of the books. That's, well, that's it, it, funny it's to me. very Stephen King, right? From what yeah. I understand from talking to Tim is. There's stuff like that all over Stephen just, King's just writing. Just random little links yeah. that are kind of meaningless, yeah. but yeah. they're just there. Uh-huh. So, so, anyways. Uh, yeah, they're going home. But we find out some big mythology stuff. We find out that um, there was just a big coal mining town. 
and yeah, so there they're, was, in, they're in Pennsylvania in the in coal country. Yeah, so there's a big um, disaster. Uh, the and all the coal miners uh, refused to work. More came in, and then they eventually refused to work. But essentially, there was a, a fire underground. Um, for you know, and it's still you know apparently raging. Like the, the ground's still warm. And what's funny about this is I think this is actually loosely based on a real thing. Um, there's this. I was, I was just reading the out, town. It's called yeah. Centralia, and there it's in coal country. A fire started underneath, and the town is just underneath is on fire and everybody had to leave so you can go to this town still you can't stay for very long but it's been burning since may 27th 1962 they still don't know what caused it but um, yeah the, the ground yeah. is literally warm like it's this hot yep. um and so in in this book in lolo woods it's like people can't stay in there um like the the basements and cellars because it's like an oven and that the, the ground bubbles up like like burst skin um and that like when there's a blizzard the ground's so hot that the snow just melts so you can you know walk from one side of town and be just fine and yeah. it's a really good like tone atmosphere setting yeah they, they set up um i just said it there actually but they set up the whole idea of the like even like when it snows the snow just yep. instantly it, it vaporizes makes it this ethereal like all, you, know, you know how you get like uh-huh. the, the the movie set in the places that are always like like you know like 20 yeah. hours a day it's kind of that where it's it's always kind of summer it's not warm necessarily it's not hot sunny but the ground you know at, at ground level it always feels like it's basically summer yeah so and they got set up some things but obviously the men got sick because of what they were you know, the, the, the mining and stuff but they mentioned yeah. this weird element where the women in town would get sick as well in a different kind of really peculiar way where they'd <laughs> yeah, start they, they start blacking out um, and waking up and to the point where uh, she says that there used to be a joke that you know you knew a girl would hit puberty when she'd wake up on the steps and like you know it, al- it almost sounds really like kind of creepy like like like, because uh, that, that implied to me that some girls were getting assaulted, you know, when they were blacking out uh, yeah, during some of possibly. these these time periods. Uh, um, although to me, I don't, I didn't quite get that because I got the sense of they were off doing something, and you they found them when they woke yeah. up, and uh, they didn't necessarily they never knew where they were when they were black, and no one else had seen them blacked out. It was just oh, you're you're awake. Where, where have you been? And they're like, oh, I don't know. I just woke up here. Oh no, I, I got that. I'm saying though that during that time, if someone found them. Um, well, okay, sure, but what I'm saying is, I don't think anyone did find them. I think you know they were off doing something for some sort of entity, perhaps. Uh, I don't think there was like you uh, know a, a physical interaction with other people in in the way that you're suggesting. Well, no, I'm saying they're just lying there, passed out. I'm not saying that they're doing something. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I, 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 I don't think they are lying there, passed out. I think that's you know the opening of this book very well, clearly kind of gets and that. that, was... in that. They, they wake up in the cinema and they have these odd memories of which one of them had the popcorn, but there's mud on their shoes right. that wasn't there before. They've been out and back. Yeah, in. no, no. They I mean, obviously, caught. when they bring this up in the middle of the book, your mind immediately goes back to the opening because that's they literally fell asleep in the movie and are confused right. as to what they were doing there before. And, and this was a trait of the, of the town before the fire underneath started too. So it was, you know, the this, this small little town where the, where the men got sick from coal mining, right? And and then the women were just like spaced out for some other thing. But it it does and... also it does also sound like it stopped for a long time. It's you know it sounds like this was something that used to happen and used to be a thing. Uh, and yeah, I wonder if the fire stopped it and now maybe the fire's kind of going out. 
Yeah, maybe, yeah. Because um, it sounds like this this is like a surprise, but they don't even necessarily assume that that's what's happened to them. They're just like, oh, we must have fell asleep watching the movie. You know, like, no biggie, right? Bit weird, but no biggie. Um, yeah. Well, and then also, so now I'm going back over it, and it's, it just sounds like this town was a hellscape because it says, like, babies were born with placentas black as soot, so glossy and opaque, it looked like the mothers were birthing coal itself. People couldn't breathe, dead babies crawling in their cradles. Some of them, the women disappeared at night. Some of the men, too. They went underground but never came back up. And you're like, damn, man. Like, some proper horror. Yeah, and we see the girls with their parents. We see that um, uh, both girls uh, are into girls because uh, there's references mm-hmm. from one of them. And then uh, V actually has a crush on this, uh, this this girl at school who we see she actually does uh, spend time with. In fact, the end of the book right. uh, is one of the WTF moments at the end is... Um, there's this like streak of fire outside the window, and then when yeah. we go inside the inside the the room after she's like she's sleeping next to the other girl, she gets up and she's got like fire coming from her finger, and she goes to the uh, gets up to go to the bathroom, and then we see the final page, the girl she was with has a vortex slash hole in her stomach, but she still yeah. seems asleep. Yeah, like, she, she seems like, fine. Nothing wrong. Yeah. Yes. Uh, honestly, none of that. None of the, this last couple of pages is interesting. None of it makes any sense. I can't make any heads or tails of what over any of it means. <laughs> I'm yeah. absolutely with you there, and I kind, of, but I'm still so into it. Like, I, I don't know if like the girl with the fire on her finger, you know, V, like, did she cause this to the other girl, or was the other girl the one who's unique and did something to her finger? Like, I don't know who's causing what, or if some third party's just come in and done this to both of them. I, I, I suspect a more random element in the sense that the the fire, you know, it, it hits outside the, the house. It seems, you know, it goes, you know, uh, uh, we see it outside the window, and then we see her finger, and she notably does not touch uh jessica i think is her name mm-hmm. uh, she doesn't touch jessica after that she goes straight to the bathroom to try and you know she, she oh my fingers on fire it's burning better you know run this under the cold tap and then it's when she comes back out that she sees this so i don't think she's inherently caused it mm-hmm. so um yeah it's very weird and like you say there's a run-in when they're going home uh, notably like, you know, one's riding a bike and the other one's sort of standing on the bike. And I, I kind of took that as kind of a running thing in this town where you don't want to be walking on the ground for too long. You have to kind of yeah, keep yourself yeah. off of it. Well, and I, and I like that, too, that's kind of hinted at where she goes, you know, it's a deal that we made. My, my legs get stronger and she doesn't have to walk by herself. Yeah. Um, and and it's, just, it's their kind of their friendship here, too, is that it seems like uh, Elle's kind of the tough one, right? Like, she's mm. the one that that'll take the lumps for the other because she drops her off at this girl's house, you know, so they can, you know, have their relationship. And she's like, yeah, I don't mind getting you laid. Like I enjoy it. And I'll just go home and be by myself. You know, like there's this, there's this friendship quality there that almost symbiotic. Yeah. And she, she, yeah. The only thing we established with Elle in terms of romance is that she's got a bit of a crush on the teacher. uh, That Yeah. They, they have so i mean there's some character stuff we set up there and then we uh obviously on the way home they do have the incident where they see this this animal this creature that kind of like is scary for a second and then sort of runs away um so they're setting up some different stuff here and it's funny because yeah. because dollhouse family kind of also by the end of the first issue is like, okay we, we've got to grasp of some of this but how does it connect to celestial stuff this feels even weirder where i, I don't even understand how all these things connect to each other at, at all yet no, I'm with you, but I'm kind of in for the ride. Uh, I'm very, yeah, I'm very curious. And uh, uh, there's the 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 guy who was the you know the the cinema attendant who they know from yeah. school. 
But he he's like super creepy. You know, oh, did you enjoy the movie? And he's got that weird grin. He knows something yeah. happened. It's, yeah, he um, seems to. Yeah. Well, and he's, you look at that page of them with the popcorn, and it's it's very sexual on on these. You know, with the lips and the straw and the and whatnot. Yeah, this is going back um, to me thinking there's something sexually and weird then, going on here when they're blacking well, and out. Then they, they they talk about um, and even he, talking about a book. But even right? even the, even the joke though, like about where she says, you know, people used to see you knew someone had hit puberty when they wake up like this. Right. Like even though that's not necessarily saying for sure something sexual happened, I think bringing it up along the same line as puberty is intentionally in our heads putting the idea that right. this is something sexual or something about coming well, of age. Yeah. Um, sure. But no, but I'm also there's there's the thing about birds that I didn't notice till now. Um, that if if you look at at L's head in that same panel, there's there's a, a parrot in there, right? Uh, which panel are you, are you referring to? The the kind of trippy uh, on the one. The page. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right before she throws up, and she notices the boots, or her yeah. not the boots, the shoes. Um, right, but and then that bird. So they they bring up the 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 book, The Awakening, about a woman that decides that she's not happy with her life, and whatnot. And there's a and, lot of birds in that book. And, and the birds are the warning to get out before yeah, it's too late. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, but then you look at her friend, B, and her hands make a, you know, a, a thing where it almost looks like a mine. Or, like, there's a darkness with a, a, a being in there, you yeah, know. And, uh, a, and, a person as well, we should say. It, it, you know, it looks like a person. Right. Silhouette. So, mm. you know, so... Yeah, there's stuff going on here, and this is a, I before we started recording, I kind of was like, oh, there might be a book that I might go through and trade. I think this just might read better in trade because the month to month it might because it's almost so you, atmospheric and you might uh, be right, but I'm kind of liking the, but, the monthly mystery of what's yeah, going on, learning well, each bit as it goes. Well, after after talking this out with you guys, it's 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 almost like you know like when Lost was on, like yeah, yeah you could watch them all together, but. It's almost more fun to be like, what the hell's going on? Yeah, the, the, I think talking the, it out. The discussion is what makes this more readable monthly. I think if if, yeah. you were, if we weren't talking to each other about this, it probably would be better just to wait for the trade. Yeah, but. yeah. And and so now I'm I'm just over the course of this conversation, I'm, you know, I'm going like, well, no, I kind of want this mystery now. Like, this is the type of stuff that I love is trying to pick at and figure things out. Mm. So, and and I'm reading an interview on here with the. With the creators and whatnot, and I guess it started off as a as a young adult novel that she had an idea for, All right. and she just you know, and then they you know they came to her and said, "Hey, we're doing this Hill House thing. Would you be interested?" And she just found it and pitched it, and she never thought she'd be writing comics. So, um, if this is so, is this her first uh, comic script work? I be- then I, I believe so. In that case, uh, the the. Uh... The, the transition has been seamless. It's, yeah, yeah it's, it's pretty solid for for our first attempt at this medium. It's pretty solid. Um, yeah, yeah, uh, and then the art again. It kind of fits its 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 tone of what it's doing. Creepy as shit. Yeah, yeah. it, it kind of gets yeah, that so, across. And here's something from the um from the interview where it said that it's very dreamlike because dreams are nonsensical, right? Yeah, and that that's something that you can do in a comic a little bit better than in novels. Yeah. You know? And so that's where that's where the, the, you know, the, the writer is saying that, uh, they sound interesting in the moment, but don't translate to writing. However, I woke up and was disturbed by the dream. So I wrote it down. 
right? Well, you can you can describe that now to an artist, and they can put it recreate in, it, you know? yeah, right. And so when you think about some of these images there, like of the the deer centaur with the antlers that almost look like they're made out of fingers, fingers, yeah, definitely, yeah, yeah, yeah. or or the creepy dude saying, "I hope you enjoyed the movie." You know, like did he really yeah. give them that that yeah. thing, or is that in one of their minds? That's just like so, I always talk about this. Where I think the more visual something gets, the better you can do surreal stuff. Because there's definitely yeah. there's definitely times in comics where they'll try and do surreal, and I'll think this would work better as a as a TV show or a movie. Um, and then of course, like you're saying here, this works better here than it would maybe just in text. And I think it's because the the less of the visual information you have, the more open to interpretation it is. And because of that it's not as specific so you, you actually start to doubt if you're actually just misunderstanding what you're reading as opposed to it being you know clearly no this is meant to be sort of, sort of subverting your your visual expectations and if it's like a movie like no there's no mistaking what you're looking at on screen if it's clearly meant to be weird you understand it is weird to a comic to a slightly lesser extent but you can do that with the art uh but you know slightly lesser because yeah. you know because sometimes you might confuse a comic where panel to panel like, am i understanding this transition right maybe i am maybe i'm not um and when I mean, you're reading just a description, like everything's open to interpretation to your mind. So yeah. you, you, your mind might smooth it out and make it less, not as weird as it's supposed to be, yeah. or you may just be confused by it because it's not making sense. But when you're seeing it in front of you, you understand the weirdness of it and accept that it's supposed to be this weird. Yeah. yeah. I, uh, I also thought it was interesting that this was another period piece in this line. Yeah. Because obviously the, the others we think have been the A's. Well, uh, I mean, this has got to be mid 90s, surely, because um, it mentions, you know, uh, yeah, one of them hasn't been the same since yeah, Cobain yeah. died. So. Yeah, probably mid mid nineties, maybe a little bit later. Mid nineties, and uh, yeah, and then you have the Dollhouse family, which thus far has been the eighties and in eighteen something hundred. Yeah. I'd, <laughs> I'd say the primary bit is the eighties, though. Right, do, do and you, then uh, do you think basket is late seventies probably? So. Do you think there's a chance these are all set in the same universe? Yeah. I knowing Hill. And who his dad is, I wouldn't put it past him. Because nothing's contradicted that. No, nothing's about any no. of them is said that it can't be in the same world as the other one yet. No, so like, well, I mean, we have Sea Dogs, which ties that in, right? If we get another reference to, you know, a Sea Dogs book or, or something mm. in, in another one. Um, and then, yeah, no, because I could definitely think that wherever Brody Island is in, in, uh, in, in Basketful of Heads... It could, you know, why why couldn't Shudder to think Pennsylvania be in that same world? And then with Dollhouse Family, it's been in the UK, yeah, in the UK, and and they're real places, right? Like, um, but no, see, and I'm not. It's weird now that in in my association with Pete, I used to not be a horror guy, and not that I go out and seek out like horror books and whatnot, but I am more drawn to it because of that creep, I can say. Um, so this is weird. Mm. But like I'm actively enjoying these, uh, yeah. But I think it mostly has to do with discussion too. I think horror is one of those things where it's better when you have someone to discuss it with. That's fair. Yeah, check out yeah. Screams After Midnight, the horror movie podcast that I do with Tim. <laughs> Look at that synergistic. You know? <laughs> well, do you know what's funny is I was just sitting with Tim, uh, or I was with my time. I was I was sitting just looking ahead at all the releases in the next like six months. Uh, for the first half of 2020 and we actually have a lot of theater releases uh yeah uh, coming out uh, over, over that time and there's a few every so often me and tim can't do an episode or a movie when it first comes out because we get different release dates and it's just whatever and there's a few of those that we're going to have to wait for the vod or whatever but um like there's a lot of theater releases like just right from the start of the year we got invisible man uh we then go into you know uh, quiet place 2 is coming out 
there's a Candyman remake coming up. Like, there's a really packed schedule for horror in the first half of next year. Yeah. Uh, Fantasy Island's a horror movie from Bloomhouse. Like, a... So weird, right? Yeah. I mean, I want to say because of Michael Pena, but also that's, that's not the Fantasy Island I know. I know. It's Nightmare Island. <laughs> so we'll see. But uh, yes, horror's alive and well. And uh, DC have even got their own horror like line now. Yeah, and and yeah. So I mean, there's three for three basically at this point, right? Like, yeah, that's that was my yeah. gonna be my next point. Was yeah. it's and you know, and, and there's some I like more than the others. Um, but they're still all real good. I, know, I don't it, think any of them are. Uh, yeah, I don't think any of them are objectively better or worse than no. those. I think it is just no. taste. I think they're all really well written and drawn yeah. for well, what they what's are. What's nice is though yeah. is that there's like there's only like five or six total, and they spread them out enough that you know even when there's like four run at the same time, there'll be one per week more or less. So right, uh, they're nice yeah. to spread, and, which is good. And what's weird is is how much I seem to be enjoying Dollhouse Family when that was the one I wasn't keen on. Mm. I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll check it out. It was this one and Basketball of Heads. Yeah, I think Basketball, I, Basketball of Heads for me is still my favorite of the three. But oh, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm yeah, more of a taste of nothing. In this week, have you read them like as we should? So you haven't read past or have you read three yet, Pete? Oh, I've not read anything from the second okay. episode. I, I, I've read it, Matt. Okay, well, I'm just asking because he said it's still his favorite, so I don't know if maybe something... No, I, I, I just read all the books for this half first and then... Okay, yeah. I, I did the same except for one because we had a, a swap. But, yes. um, I had time but, to read an extra couple to get ahead. So, yeah. Yeah, so busy couple of days still ahead. <laughs> oh, of course, of course. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, so what are you giving Lola Woods issue one, Matt? I'm going to give us an 8.5. It was probably closer to an 8 when before we started talking because I mm. did like it, but I was on the verge of being like, well, I just might wait and get this in trade. But going back and having the discussion about it made me enjoy it more. And now I think I need to go back and revisit with you know some of the other things and and see if that changes i think this will be one that uh, the, the core mystery and i think the other credit to these books is that all three of them are very different settings very different styles of yeah. story yeah. um carl were you giving it uh actually a similar thing to matt and i'm going to bump it up uh, half a score of what i was going to do uh because of the discussion so i'm actually gonna give it a nine now uh-huh. um um i'll give a mm, I'll I'll give it an eight. I'll give it an eight. Um, I was kind of debate between eight and eight point five, um, but I'll go with eight. Uh, so there you go. That is actually all the books for this episode. Like I said, this week is so big in books because of the schedule and not having anything next week uh, that we had to split it in two. So we won't have an end of episode, you know, uh, favorites and top fives because we'll be doing that next episode. Um, so. Uh, so this episode, of course, will go up early sometime Saturday night for everyone on Patreon. Uh, everyone else will get us on Sunday, 8pm UK, 3pm Eastern. Uh, the next episode, I won't give you an exact time because it's obviously not a set thing that we do every week, but uh, the episode will be out sometime on Tuesday, uh, as the plan at least. Um, uh, there's a small chance it may be Patreon on Tuesday and then everyone else on Wednesday, but... Uh, there is still an episode coming next week, though. We're recording next weekend because next weekend we're doing our annual episode, which means that we're doing our favorite stuff of the year. And I think I will put up some sort of form for people to fill out if they want to uh, have like a have an audience voted for. So for each category, we can have an audience winner as well. Uh, so I'll put that out. Just don't forget to put that out. Yes, yeah, I'll, I'll put that out um, probably on Wednesday is the plan. And you'll have about three days to uh, to fill it in. 
and you know send send in your picks and uh, we'll have winners for each of the categories uh, i'm going to have to actually sort of skim last year's i always forget our format i always forget which awards we do and what, how we do it <laughs> so I, I have to always skim the previous year's episode i think we kind of did the round table discussion to make the top 10 yeah i think that's of, what we of, did of the actual comics and then we did we, we, I wrote we throw out our ones. own i think we throw out our own personal favorite writers artists we have a, a bit of discussion right. and then pick one each. and then we actually each yeah yeah and then the actual top ten comics of the year, though, the, of the series, we, we debate and we debate. Put, yeah, yeah. But is is that weird? This, I mean, because I mean, basically, like Connor <sighs> has to accept some bend. This stuff's going to be there, right? Like, <laughs> right? Yeah. We can't just leave off every bend this book off the top ten. That, that said, I mean, I I appreciate having a group one, but I also like having our own because we all have very different tastes. Yeah. You know, um, maybe we so, should do our own. If we do our own events yeah. and we give them to Pete, and Pete does his his system, they does to add things up and see what it comes out at with a combined mm. one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, we could do that. Yeah, because uh, so, mine, mine might be very Bendis heavy. Who knows? But probably will be because he's writing all the Superman books. Uh, I know. Well, not just that. The, the little book called Naomi came out. Naomi's very good. Yeah. Uh, so we'll uh, be doing our annual episode next week, but that's not the next episode because the next episode is the second half of this week's books. Uh, both of these episodes are numbered, though. It's not. It's not part one and two. They're going to be, you know, one eight six and one eight seven. Should uh, be point five. Let's be honest. It's so. not. Um, because he just wants to inflate those numbers. I don't want to inflate those numbers. None of my systems allow for decimals. Okay, like literally, <laughs> let. let yeah, so so oh, wait, if we had a, a tribute, a filmmaker to each of our personalities, yeah, Pete is definitely James Cameron because the fact that he just says his system doesn't account for decimals is something James Cameron would say. No, look, if if I if I put in a decimal now, then every single episode number on my spreadsheet is going to have to have point zero zero after it, and I don't want that. So no, it's going to be one eight six and one eight seven. Okay. End of discussion. That's a shirt. We need to get the as Interstellar Tata shirt, and now we need. My system does not allow for decimal points. That's uh, no decimals. Um, yeah, so annual number four will be next week, and uh, but the next episode is actually going to be the second half of the books, and we'll do our best of the week at the end of that episode, of course, uh, which will include all these books too. So we don't have our usual wrap up part of this this episode. However, so, so, so we're done. We're, we're pretty much done. Um, still, it's still a meaty episode though. We went so long on Doomsday Clock that that was still a very lengthy discussion. I'm shocked, I tell you. Yeah. Uh, before we go though, Matt, uh, did you watch the EW Dynamite this week? Oh shoot, I did. It's fine. I'm, I'll I'll piss off if you want to do that because I, <laughs> yeah, I got yeah. food waiting. Well, let, let let's wrap and then we can talk real quick, Pete. Okay, uh, okay. I'll wrap up the show and then we'll just extra. record separately. Like yeah. weirdos. Yeah, real quick. I, I would have just left. I mean, it's fine. <laughs> no. Wait, okay. Look, okay. So, of course, let us know what you thought of the books we talked about in the comments, like and subscribe, all that stuff. Uh, you can ding the bell on YouTube for the notifications. Make sure you rate the podcast on Apple Podcasts to support us because that makes more people find us because they spread us out and recommend us and all that kind of thing. Uh, you can support us on patreon.com slash TV if you want to do that financially uh, for as little as $1 per month and you get bonus outtakes you get the wrestling discussions that me and matt do and you get uh, extra episodes of some of our movie podcasts and stuff like that so go and have a look see and uh see if you're interested in doing that um and thank you to our patreon producers for the month of december so thank you to david short allison m fordyce uh, cindy palacios and tyler hess uh, that means they're all patrons at the 20 dollar and up tier so thank you to them uh so 
yeah, uh, that's basically it. Uh, we mentioned the, the Rise of Skywalker uh, review that was lengthy. That was all three of us. So that's if you want to go check out that. And uh, in terms of anything else, uh, me and Tim are doing a lot of Christmas horror movies on screams right now. Maybe that's of interest. I don't know. Uh, but go and have a look-see. Uh, but that is us. So thank you once again for watching or listening. We always appreciate it. Keep reading DC Comics, guys. And remember to never get lost in the Speed Force. Like Dr. Manhattan said, everything ends. Thank you.